No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Thank you for joining us. Where the fuck have you been? Okay. I've been here every fucking week, every fucking night. Haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? Yes, the internet in Australia finally fixed itself. Somebody must have gone into the fucking... It's either a kangaroo or, you know, a small Moroccan boy who is running around, you know, on a, on a wheel, generating the electricity for our Australian internet. So... Whoever their keeper is went in, kicked them in the ass. Come on, mate, get going. We're all been waiting. Okay. So it is back. It's back in pog form. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's been like three weeks since we've hung out. Anyway, I've got some stuff for you. And I, you, don't worry, it's not just a black screen. Look out, this is the problem. Always rusty. Always come back rusty when it's been like three weeks, four weeks. How fucking, how long has it been? I don't know. It's been if you want to follow on Twitter, you know where to do it. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, you know how to do that. And if you want to share it around, I mean, if you've got friends, good luck to you. Good luck to you. So, yeah, friends are important. Friends are important in these dark times, in these dark and disturbing dystopian times. Did you hear about fucking Twitter? Did you hear about the... Hey, has anybody heard about this Twitter thing that's happening out there? Have you heard about that? Hey, hey, have you? Have you? Have you, mate? Of course you fucking have. <laughs> of course you have. So, some someone asked me, you know, what I think about it. And I'm like, well... Because I'm in the camp that's always been a little bit gun-shy of Elon Musk. There was a situation in this country like 10 years ago, I'm going to say. But it's always 10 years ago, these stories, you know. Uh, it was around 10 years ago and he showed up and he had this great plan. I've got a great plan for you Australians. Oh, what's that, Elon? What have you got for us? Well, I am going to make a state-of-the-art solar panel battery in South Australia. Right Now, as you can imagine, the view of Elon Musk back then was very different. <laughs> he was our saviour. He was going to save the fucking world, guys. Oh my God, Elon Musk cares so much for the environment. He has these big ideas. He's an entrepreneur. He really is one of us. That's the way they were talking in, like I said, around 10 years ago. Around 10 years ago. And I remember at the time saying, it's not going to work out the way you think it is. And it's just going to waste a lot of taxpayers' fucking money. Oh, what? Don't you believe in science? <laughs> Trust the science books. We need solar panel batteries. Anyway, however many millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars later that were funneled over to Elon's company. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I thought, I wonder what happened to that battery. And it turns out, like, it either never really got finished or it never really worked, one or the other. I, it was it was very difficult to find out. So, you know, I've always been in the camp of, meh. Elon is very, very good at getting government contracts. That's his game, right? The Is he an entrepreneur? Is he a tech whiz? I don't know, maybe. But what he is very good at is getting fucking big government juicy checks. And that's, I, I mean, that's a talent, right? Don't get me wrong. So, 
So that's been my opinion of Elon Musk for a while, and that hasn't changed in the last week. But I do appreciate, of course, on this show, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate a good outrage, a nice, fiery, finger-wagging outrage. So, of course, my attention was drawn to the Elon Musk discussion on Twitter. So have you heard about this Twitter thing? Don't worry, you're going to know by the end of it. We've got other stuff to get into, too. It's good to see you all again. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, before we get too far down the road, though, got li- to give a little ground here. This one was sent through to me by the Lady Boogs, who, as you know, wants nothing to do with this show whatsoever, doesn't care what I talk about, has no interest in it whatsoever. But, like, once or twice a year, she'll show me something, and I'm like, hey, can you just send that to me? <laughs> send that to me. I'm going to use that. And she sent me this little one. Uh, of course, as you know, we're not like, we're not rusted on back the blue here. Judge each event on its merits. I must say, it's fairly obvious that the last couple of years of policing, in light of the various COVID restrictions and whatnot, I think even they would admit, due to whatever circumstances, probably not the finest, you know? There've probably been better days, right? And, you know, I, I think that's a fairly safe thing to say, more or less. Um, but then you see things like this and it's like, all right, you know what? Little tip of the hat. Here we have uh, an officer of the law giving a press conference down here in Australia and somebody drives past and honks their horn during the interview and this is the reaction. <laughs> members of the public in relation to a car that was driving erratically along the Cunningham Highway through the Perga Mudapilly. Thanks, cunt. <laughs> I, when I've tried to explain to some of my American friends over the last however many years I've known them that Swearing is kind of like part of the Australian language. They don't really believe it. They don't really understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that people swear a lot. That's obvious, but it's it's part of the lexicon, you know, it's part of the vernacular. It's 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 so second nature <laughs> that it's it's part of casual conversation. Thanks, cunt. <laughs> so the memes are real, don't get me wrong. I once had someone say to me, I once had someone say to me that um, apparently when I was talking, I I wasn't realizing, they said, apparently everyone is either a cunt or an arsehole. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they said, well, every time you you tell a story or whatever, you're like, oh, this cunt I know or and this fucking arsehole that I've known for years. And like, I can't really figure out who the good guy and the bad guy is. (laughs) Because everyone's either a cunt or an arsehole. My best mate was once nicknamed by my roommate, The Taint. And I said said to my roommate, why do you call him The Taint? And he said, because he's somewhere between a cunt and an arsehole. (laughs) So his nickname was The Taint from that day forth. Let's go one more time, rocking and rolling with the officer of the law. Um. Members of the public in relation to a car that was driving erratically along the Cunningham Highway through the Perga Mudapilly. 
Thanks, cunt. Thanks, cunt. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Just before we get to some uh, Twitter stuff, this was sent through by a comfy friend. Thank you, comfy friend, for this little this little gem here. I've got some more safety coming up later on, so fret not. We will protect you here on the show. But as a, just a little teaser, as a little hors d'oeuvre, as a little finger snack, how about you get your liquors on this? Club Bruges, which is a pretty big football club in Europe, place place 24,000 QR codes in stadium to combat racism. <laughs> hey? How do you like that one? Yes. Yes. Scanning in with your phone is going to not only cure COVID, but also racism. <laughs> Think of how much safer everybody will be. Look. Everybody just line up, line up in that line, walk in that one door. Remember when we told you about these these programmed behaviours? We're going to start becoming commonplace. This is what it looks like. You know, there's another, there's another country in the world that uses this kind of surveillance. Can anyone guess who it is? <laughs> it's almost like we're copying them. Hmm. Belgian Champions Club Bruges will introduce QR codes to combat racism at home matches. So they're doing this to their own fans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Fans will have the opportunity to report racist incidents via their smartphones. Oh, this will be fine. Everything is going to work out wonderfully with this. Just have a cup of coffee. There, there it is. is. Thank you. The Minister of Carpet Trials bought three beers. Where have you all been and left the clip? We'll get to the clip. Thank you very much for the beer skis. Very generous of you. Earlier this week, a local prosecutor wrapped up an investigation into racial abuse directed at under underlecht underlecht coach Vincent Company, who used to play for Manchester City, if I'm not mistaken during the league match between the reigning champions and the Brussels-based club without charging anyone. But Bruges will now introduce the QR codes so nobody was charged in this incident, right? There was literally no arrest. No one was charged. Okay. They wrapped up their investigation, literally wrapped up their investigation and found nothing. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Despite that, you know, you can't be too careful these days. But Bruges will now introduce the QR code system to fight racism in the stands. Oh, well, seems appropriate. Look, we investigated this racism accusation. We found nothing, but uh, we're going to... How can I say this? Lock you in a digital prison while you're here. Just to be safe. Just to be on the safe side. Oh, Rick G in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just a bruised ego. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Get him off the fucking stage! Boo! Gross! <laughs> nice one. But Bruges will now introduce the QR code system to fight racism in the stands. They launched the project with the slogan, quote, not with us. In total, 24,000 QR codes will be placed around the stadium to allow fans to report incidents 
and the club to identify culprits. It's a good old-fashioned manhunt in the stands. Lovely, fantastic. What we really want in, you know, in the stands is not for people to be watching the game. We want them watching each other. And it's nice that, you know, corporations and, you know, sports teams and governments are just deputizing people to, you know, do their dirty work for them, to mop up the, the you know, the undesirables in the in the flock. You know, you're you're basically working for the man for no money if you're doing this. You are a deputised private security employee, and you didn't even know it. I mean, congratulations to you. It's good to have goals in life. I understand. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to do this job. The new system will also help a stadium stewards who have specifically been tasked to track down racist behaviour. They are identified by the black bibs. So there are people who wear black bibs patrolling the crowd looking specifically, they, their word, quote, specifically been tasked. The men and women, the brave men and women in black bibs patrolling the bigoted stands of the unwashed. Wonderful, isn't it? What a sight. So, you know, I think we needed to roll out this kind of overwhelming digital surveillance system just to help out the black bib patrols. Because they're doing so much work. I mean, we had an investigation and literally found no racists. What are we going to do? I know. We're going to roll out. We're going to roll out smartphone apps and QR codes, and we're going to double the amount of people racist patrols we have walking around the stands looking for racists. Wow. Really weeding them out, hey? I mean, good luck to you. The system could be rolled out across the Belgian league if successful. Congratulations, every other football team. Guess what you're getting? (laughs) Don't worry, everybody gets one. The Black Bibs will be keeping us safe in the chat. Exactly. The Black Bibs will be keeping us safe at every sporting event from here on out. Fucking congratulations, everybody. Good job, everyone. Well done. Well done. (laughs) All right. Let's get to this. Actually, no, first, let's start with this. I don't think we need to do too much of a backstory, so let's just get right into the juicy stuff. I thought this was absolutely wonderful. From Politico, ladies and gentlemen, that's key. That's key information, Politico, remember that. From Politico. Twitter's top lawyer reassures staff, cries during meeting about Musk takeover. The top lawyer in the company cried during the meeting because apparently Elon Musk is buying the company. Now, again, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Elon Musk, but if if it's if it produces this kind of result, then I'm for it. I'm sorry. Like it doesn't it's not a, a moral thing with me or an ethical thing with me. It's just that your misery is so entertaining, it's like a drug and we can't we can't get enough. Okay. Some might say that I'm a loner But I just call it being free Because we've all been miserable for years and years So it's nice to have more people show up It's nice to have you down here with us Welcome to the show Hope you stay a while 
you won't have a choice. I mean, you know, it's, it is the end of society, so you're kind of locked in. You're committed, I'm afraid. Anyway, do try to make the most of it. We are trying to have a couple of giggles before we go, so nice to meet you. Twitter's top lawyer reassures staff cries during meeting about Musk takeover. Vijaya, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Vijaya Jard, I think they say. I'm not sure. A key executive involved in decisions to remove former President Donald Trump and ban political advertising. So we're off to a flying star. <laughs> Expressed uncertainty about the future of the platform. Well, yes, I suppose she would. Now, what I think you'll find especially delicious about this little tidbit I have for you here is this item, which is from, ladies and gentlemen, the 28th of the 10th in 2020, so about 18 months ago, okay? Here's our girl, quote, is Twitter go- is Twitter going full resistance? <laughs> Here's the woman driving the change. 18 months ago, we are proudly getting behind an empowered woman who is turning Twitter into the resistance platform because she's doing progressive change and we're so happy about it, right? You see what's going on here? The subheading, ladies and gentlemen, the war between... The war... The war... The war... Fuck! <laughs> hey? The war between conservatives and Twitter is heating up, in part because of Vijaya Gad's unheralded influence on the iconic social media company. There's a war with conservatives thanks to her. This is their subtext. This is their reporting. Same outlet, Politico, ladies and gentlemen. Not 18 months ago. On a late fall day last year. (laughs) That is the opening line of the article. I'm not not sexing it up. That's literally how they open. On a late fall day last year. Very poetic, isn't it? Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey sat down on a couch on the company's San Francisco roof deck and dug into a problem. (laughs) Next to him was the company's top lawyer, Vijaya Gad. In 2020, US in the 2020 US election was barely a year out and the Twitter executives were worried that the company was steering into the exact mess it had helped fuel in 2016. <laughs> you see, we're talking about fortifying again. <laughs> Thankfully, we fortified against this thing. When political campaigns and Russian disinformation artists had pumped so much chaos into the system through precision targeted social media ads and the world's democratic institutions could barely keep up, Twitter had added new transparency rules. Transparency rules. <laughs> what? Amberlina doesn't have a wrench on YouTube. Well, we must address that. Cannot have that. Is this thing on? And there you go. Done like a dinner. Now, where were we? Uh oh. 
Lost my first link. See? Rust. I told you. Rusty. Very rusty. These things happen when you're rusty. mind me anyone I'm just an idiot Okay, order is restored. Never fear. Eventually, Oogie's here. Twitter had added the new transparency rules, making ad buyers disclose who they were. It wasn't enough. What, what more could it do? Gad pitched Dorsey on the radical idea for a fix. Maybe Twitter should just, well, stop selling political ads. It was a bold idea. No other major American platform had simply banned political ads, and Dorsey wasn't immediately sold. For one thing, the company had built itself around a commitment to hosting a free-flowing public conversation. Gad, officially Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, pressed her case, and she had allies on the idea inside the building, including the head of Twitter's trust and safety team. <laughs> With it, there's a team. <laughs> Within days, Dorsey signed off on the idea, announcing a global ban on political ads, on October 30, 2019, which I, you know, I, I don't really care either way, so fair enough. Uh, Citizen Vulgar with the diamond, at least it's not Mason Bibbs. I don't know who Mason Bibbs is, I'm sorry. Technical difficulties, please stand by. For those who know the inner workings of Twitter, it was another sign of the rising influence of Gad, the connected, liberal-leaning lawyer, <laughs> who has, but I thought there is no bias. What are you talking about? Liberal-leaning lawyer, proudly, right? We're proudly announcing her political leanings. They couldn't wait. We're in the third paragraph. You had to tell us what she does politically. Not that it matters or anything, <laughs> right? Please. Liberal-leaning lawyer who has helped drive the company to more heavily regulate what users can say and post. End quote. <laughs> okay. Again, proudly, we are proudly announcing in the article, quote, Gad, the connected liberal-leaning lawyer who has helped drive the company to more heavily regulate what users can and say, what, pardon me, what users can say and post. <laughs> okay? She's the girl. And we're proudly announcing it. Twitter's new rules from the ad ban itself to its deletion of controversial COVID-19 tweets have rippled through Silicon Valley and caused huge blowback in American politics, where many, especially conservatives, 
now see Twitter, now see Twitter as unfriendly territory. Mind you, <laughs> you know, those silly conservatives are seeing Twitter in as unfriendly territory. I mean, they're fucking nuts. They're backwards. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, the title of the article again, the war between conservatives and Twitter is heating up in part of uh, Vijaya Gad's unheralded influence on the iconic social media company. Okay. So we're doing really well over here. <laughs> Back to present day. Twitter's top lawyer reassures staff cries during meeting about Musk takeover. Vijaya Gad, a key executive involved in decisions to remove former President Donald Trump and ban political advertising, expressed uncertainty about the future of the platform. Monday was an emotional day at Twitter, even for its executives. <laughs> nice opening. Strong. <laughs> Shortly after billionaire Elon Musk bought the powerful social media platform, top Twitter lawyer Vijay Agad called a virtual meeting with the policy and legal teams she oversees to discuss what the new ownership could mean for them. Gad cried during the meeting as she expressed concerns. She's got concerns. Everybody has concerns. Gad cried during the meeting as she expressed concerns about how the company could change. We wouldn't want change, would we? <laughs> Remember, 18 months ago, we were proudly talking about how she was driving this politically motivated change. Good for her. We love her. And now she's crying because she's worried about how the company might change. You mean change from the change that you did? Sure. Because that's really what you're worried about. You're not really worried about change. You're worried about change away from you. You see, because when you argue not to change things, you become the conservative. See how this works? <laughs> they have regressed right up their own assholes, ladies and gentlemen, because they're now, they're now the ones... Argue, because we've had change for many years, haven't we? Constant change for, say, let's say... 10, 20, 30, 40 years, an accelerated change, some might say. In some respects, societally, <laughs> perhaps. That's been happening. And now, you know, now some other people are starting to, you know, gather little pockets of power and stuff. And they're saying, well, we want to change to this over here. And you're saying, uh, no, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't go back and change anything. It has to be this way forever. We're not living in the in the 1950s, you know. We're not going back to that those dark old days. No, 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 no. So, by definition, they have now become the conservatives. <laughs> no, we want to keep it as a you know a hard edge liberal institution. We don't want it to change. <laughs> oh, I thought you were progressive, though. You believe in progressing. No, no, we want to keep it the way it is. Oh, good. Well, then you're a conservative. Well done. How difficult for them it must be every day thinking about stuff. Gad cried during the meeting as she expressed concerns about how the company could change. According to three people familiar with the meeting, she acknowledged that there are significant uncertainties about what the company will look like under Musk's leadership. Yes, I mean, it could be terrible, couldn't it? Have we got a little video here? Let's have a look. The offer was a little surprising, but it, it was a pretty good price okay. we were getting. 
I'm Rebecca Kern, tech policy reporter at Politico, and we're going to be talking about Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. She's really, you know what? She's really happy to be there. Good for her. Hi. Hi. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about Elon Musk. Okay. All right. She's really happy to be there doing that job. I like that positive energy. Good for you. You go get them, girl. Burn policy reporter. Policy Politico. reporter. We're going to be talking Politico. about Elon Musk's Elon purchase Musk. of Twitter. He has <laughs> espoused play. and shared a good deal of misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't say. Okay. Just a lesson that I learned. That has to be that has to be a record on this show. I mean, that was like four seconds in. Yep, nailed her. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> oh. You just got your predictable media stereotype bingo right there in the first fucking line. Well done. That's, what are the odds? <laughs> All she's missing is the bold frame glasses. Cause, but this one, she's a clever one. She's a sly one. She's as slippery as an eel. She's a funky little monkey, and she got around our, our, you know, very structured defensive forces here. Slipped through our first net, but, you know, our Imperial guards nabbed her before she could enter the palace. Don't get us wrong. But, yeah, without the bold frame glasses, hmm, slippery little one. Clever little one. (laughs) Elon Musk has been sharing so much disinformation, okay? I mean, he said he was going to buy Coca-Cola, for example. Okay. He is espoused and Asp- shared espoused. a good deal of is misinformation. Espoused. <laughs> particularly around the COVID vaccine okay. and treatments. Yep. He carries a lot of power when he tweets things like that. To- He's too powerful when he tweets stuff. Now look, this goes to another point that we've made on this show before, man. It's not about what you actually say. It's not. It's got nothing to do with what you say. It's all about reach. It's, it's, a po- it's about popularity. If you, if you don't believe me, set up an account, right, which is just, which is just copying everything Elon Musk tweets, okay? Just do that and see if anyone gives a fuck. <laughs> See if you get reported for misinformation or disinformation. See if you get banned. See if anybody cares. They won't. No one will know you're there. It's got nothing to do with what people are saying. It's purely with how how many people can they reach. That's what they don't like. That's what they can't allow. Because how can you be charged with, you know, spreading misinformation or spreading disinformation if there's no spread? What does define spread in that context? What does it mean? If I tweet it to 10 followers, can I be accused of spreading anything? No, nobody's fucking seen it. What are you talking about? What if I tweet to 2.5 million followers? Well, then I'm afraid you're spreading misinformation, right? (laughs) No, no, we can't have people abusing the platform and spreading using their huge follower counts. How many of them are Russian bots, by the way, (laughs) right? It's purely about how big you are, not what you're saying for these 
individuals. 80 plus million followers. Currently, <laughs> they are like that. Too. They are so predictable. They don't even try to hide their motivations. <laughs> they just fucking nailed it. <laughs> vaccine and treatments. Yep. He carries a lot of power when he tweets yep. things like that Too to powerful. 80 plus million followers. Currently in place are COVID misinformation policies and guidelines. If you cross them, you're either labeled or your tweets are removed or Yeah, you could be labeled. I mean I mean we wouldn't want you to get labeled out there. That would be absolutely fucking terrible. Um, I want to quickly grab this. Get back to that video because that could be fun. This was the coffees. Thank you for the coffees, the beers, the Minister of Car Patrols. Thank you very much. Welcome back, chat. Welcome back, chat. Where have you all been? Okay, what is this? A love doll Venus. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> there are some very strange people in the world. <laughs> I, I do love that somebody would do this just, just to put a little bit of sunshine in the world, you know? Just to make a Jim in the chat echoing my sentiments. What the fuck is this? What is this? I do like it when people just put a little bit of sunshine in the world for no other reason than, you know, they're just a bit weird and make the world a better place. And obviously that was the motivation here. The, glockensp the glockenspiel is a nice touch. It sounds like something they'd pump into the green room at Wheel of Fortune, doesn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, whatever that was, <laughs> whatever that was, it was special. Thanks so much. Let's get back to our friend here. For eventually, if you kind of multiple strikes against the policies you're kicked off. Yeah. But that's a question where if Musk is in control, would uh, there be no moderation on misinformation related right. to COVID, for example? Okay. All Musk has said is we will follow the US law. It's not technically against the law to spread misinformation. Oh man, do do you see like look? And maybe when I was younger, I used to think more along the lines of the way some other people. Th some people get really militant, you know what I mean? And I understand why they're like, you know, people. For example, right? They'll say things like, "Oh, the people over there are going to destroy our democracy, and they want to tear our lives apart, and they want to ruin everything." And you know, some of them probably do, but then there's, you know, I don't. I used to like I used to kind of think like that too, so I'm not having a shot at anyone. But I think you eventually come to realise that so many people just kind of they fall ass backwards into being a tyrant. You know what I mean? Like this lovely lady, she's she's not she's not thinking. It's not coming from a place of I want to put my foot on everyone's throat. You know, 
she's just so, uh, you know, philosophically inept that she's just kind of, fought, like I said, falling ass backwards into becoming a tyrant. You know, the, 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 law, the law that you have the right to say whatever you want, isn't, it's not good enough, you know, because if he just says he's going to follow the law of the government, well, that's not good enough. We kind of want to be more strict than that because we're protecting people. <laughs> right? And so this is how when this is how somebody can come along in a generation if they continue down this ideological path, which is, you know, the big dipper on a roller coaster, and they're going really fast now, heading heading straight for the ground, man. <laughs> if they continue on this path, then the next generation, it won't be a far fetch for somebody to argue. Look, we've been talking about hate speech for 10 years, ever since Elon Musk bought Twitter. I think it's really time that we bring in hate speech laws across the board for the government and everyone go, yeah, here, here, you know, we're sick of people being abused. <laughs> we've got to protect people out there. A generation from now, if they're allowed to just continue down this ideological course, then that's where they'll end up, some of them. And they won't necessarily be the type who want to grab you by the neck and tell you what to do. They might just be the type to, who are too stupid to know what's happening. Right? Who are too ass backwards to figure it out. Well, I think it would be nice if people were arrested for saying things that are offensive. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's, I think we should be nice to each other. Oh, okay. Well... Nothing is nicer than a military junta, right? So we got that on it. We got that going for us. Nothing's nicer than a dictatorship a la the Iron Curtain. Let's keep that up, shall we? Can we get a new Stasi in here, please? It's information related to COVID, for COVID. example. All Musk has said is we will follow the US law. Uh, and that's it's not, not good enough. It's against the law to spread misinformation. And we wish it Certain were, don't we? speech is not acceptable, such as hate speech or anti-Semitic speech what? or racist speech. But what, in the, what, by the law or? Does, does, does she think it's against the law to say, what did she say? Hate speech and anti-Semitic things. Does she think it's against the law to say that? Uh, well, you know, maybe I don't know my, I, I put my hand up and say, I've got no right. You know, but maybe I don't know my US law as, as well as I thought I did. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was under the, the assumption that they can generally say whatever the fuck they want, you know. <laughs> I thought that was the law, that you can't stop them from saying whatever the fuck they want, right? I think that's generally the accepted. The government doesn't have the right to stop you from talking. That's probably about, sound about right, doesn't it? No. Apparently, according to the experts that we found on the internet here in this article <laughs> from this very prestigious media organisation, no, according to them, no, 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 you can't say things that are uh, nice, not nice to Jewish people. Oh, really? Didn't, I didn't know. When did that become a thing? It's now law. Beautiful stuff. Fantastic. Well, I'm, you know, now that we're adding... Now that we're adding to the list of protected peoples, I feel much safer. Am I on the list yet? No, of course not. Well, that's all right. I'll wait. They'll get to me eventually, won't they? They'll protect me one day. <laughs> like, I'm not always going to be the one that's getting blamed for this shit, right? Eventually, they'll say, you know what? You weren't such bad people after all, will they? 
Maybe not. Let's carry on. Certain speech is not acceptable, such yeah. as hate speech or anti-Semitic right. speech, okay. or racist speech. Racist speech. But it's not maybe technically illegal. She got there eventually. <laughs> Tec- technically illegal. No, not, not technically. Just not. <laughs> Have you noticed how everything they disagree with? This is one of the, again, one of the unforeseen circumstances, or maybe the foreseen circumstances. This is one of the unforeseen circumstances of allowing, you know, allowing a, the concept of fluid reality and everything is up for interpretation and nothing is grounded in any kind of reality whatsoever. It's all just perception. This is what happens when you do that. (laughs) This is what happens when you model your education system, for example, around those ideas. Like it's better to have consensus than to have the actual answer kind of thing, right? This is where you end up because to some people... To some people, when anything that dis- that kind of runs counter to what their version of reality is, well, even they propagandize themselves. You know, she she's like, oh, there's this idea. And it's like, well, no, it's not an idea. It's real. It's there. You can smell it, see it, touch it, feel it. It's a thing. <laughs> no, no, there's this idea that's happening. So they, they're constantly propagandizing themselves in order to buttress their own you know, projected reality they have created for themselves. It's, it's quite a spectacle. And, you know, it happens everywhere. said is we will follow the U.S. law. Listen, Not technically against the law to spread misinformation. Uh-huh. Certain speech is not acceptable, such as hate speech yep. or anti-Semitic yeah. speech or yeah. racist speech. Yeah. But it's not maybe technically illegal. The, yeah. the human end of it is do we... It's not technically illegal. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not technically. No, it's. There's no technically. It is. It is technically and untechnically. It is all things at the same time. It's just not. <laughs> because in her in her reality, there can be no way that it's that it, this is real. So it's just a technicality. It's not. It's not really true. No, they're getting us. It's a loophole. Technically, it's not illegal. What do you mean, technically? It's just not. Constantly propagandizing themselves so reality continues to make sense. They protect, it's not like they're protecting the ideology. They're not. They're protecting their reality. Because, you know, once your reality comes to an end, once you have like one of those moments in life where you realize your reality was just a lie. That can be a very crushing moment. So some people will do whatever it takes, both consciously and subconsciously, to avoid that from happening, to 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 stave off that moment in life and hopefully push it deep, deep down until they're walking on it <laughs> and never bring it up to anyone. Never think about the real world late at night. Never do that. As soon as the contrary information comes in, it's put through the churn and it's spat out looking completely different. It's just technically not against the law. We foresee content moderators wanting to stay and work for a Musk who's espoused a vision of free speech absolutism. 
espoused a vision of free speech absolutism. <laughs> he has said he doesn't believe in permanent bans. And if you take that one step further, it could allow former President Donald Trump back on the platform. <laughs> they are. They're just, they're broken people. <clears throat> and there's no, there's no coming back. I mean, look at the, look how much they care about whether Donald Trump is on Twitter or not. They, it's like, it's, you know what it's like? It's like, I don't even know where to begin with you. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with you here. I don't know how I can make this better. I can't fix this for you. <laughs> Will that? <laughs> Rick G in the chat, which is technically not illegal. <laughs> hey, look, it's a private government, okay, bro? If you don't like what we're doing, go and buy your own government. Citing violence policies stay in place. Inciting violence. Pretty bifurcated reaction between. See, look. If, if you're a free speech absolutist, I would imagine that you don't believe in the incitement to violence laws either. That do, That's not the same thing as saying you're not going to follow them. Right? It's not, you know, it's not technically, right? It is the law. But I would think that a free speech absolutist might think that it's wrong to lock somebody up. Like, if incitement to violence, if they themselves don't commit the the violent act, right? Like, surely the surely laws, you know, would need to be driven more toward consequences for individual behaviours, right? Now, if the consequence is somebody else did something after they heard somebody say something, well, is that really... <laughs> no, because the action was committed by the person who acted out, not the person saying things. So I would think an absolutist would, you know, scrap those laws as well. But that's just a guess. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a technicality. Who knows? Republicans and Democrats, you see them go back to their camps. It's Republicans talking free speech and it's Democrats saying billionaires have way too much power and we need to rein them in. We need to tax them. And so you're just realizing, you're just realizing now that the left-right little media battles that they draw everyone's attention uh, to is bullshit. You've just figured that out, haven't you? Good for you. I mean, fucking good for you. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. <clears throat> it's what we've been saying. These little false little arguments that they funnel everybody into. And guess what? You work for Politico. <laughs> You work for Politico, one of the people doing it, my love. Darling. Darling heart. You know. Yes. Yes, believe it or not, the false arguments that you are encouraged to repeat ad nauseum are not necessarily relevant to anyone. Can you believe it? Wow, who would have thought? Shock horror. Well, technically... <laughs> I mean, I've got to keep my job here, right? <laughs> so technically, that might be an idea out there. Okay, good. More, but I don't exactly know how they're going to regulate a must. One thing that I've... 
I don't know yet how they're going to regulate Elon Musk. (laughs) Hopefully strictly. Hopefully he gets the regulatory equivalent of a full anal exam. With a cattle prod. I mean... (laughs) Did you did you did you see this in the news? <laughs> did you see the other day? I don't know. I think it was like 48 hours after the purchase was announced. I'm starting to see stories pop up. BBC, for example, Tesla shares drop puts risk puts Elon Musk Twitter purchase at risk. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's on then. They're already pulling out all the stops to try and stop this guy from buying this thing. I guess they really do care after all. Right. Remember, up until a week ago, you had been told ad nauseum by Democratic politicians in Congress. We watched on this show, ladies and gentlemen, we watched the fucking boring depositions and stuff. There are clips on this channel. Clips like um, social media censorship is a right wing conspiracy theory. Something like that. Up until a week ago, there was nothing wrong with Twitter. (laughs) Up until a week ago, any kind of talk of Twitter having the power to ban people on political reasons, that was that was a far-right conspiracy theory. It was, quote, it was, I think, what was, the, what was that? Is it Jamie Daskin? I think, yeah, Jamie Daskin, the Democratic, is he a senator or a congressman? I can't remember. I think his name is Jamie Daskin. He said that, um, you know, stories of political bias on platforms like Twitter was a as a conservative fantasy he called it it's a fantasy it's not real and that was what maybe three years ago when we were watching those Twitter trials remember the Facebook trials about the 2016 lecture it was a right-wing conspiracy theory and a conservative fantasy oh this idea that Twitter has so much power and they would ban people for political purposes I mean that's just fucking ridiculous these conservatives they're living in fantasy world. It's Raskin, is it? <laughs> Rick G with another one. It's Raskin. It rhymes with cunt. <laughs> nice one. <clears throat> so, yeah. And, and now the story has changed in a big, big way. We have done a bit, nice, big, fat 180 like we were an underpaid pizza delivery boy thrashing the shit out of the company car on a Friday night in the wet. <laughs> Getting sideways, going around roundabouts. <laughs> Fuck this job. <laughs> we are hurtling over the cliff. Thank God, it's about time. Talk to some political strategists about whether a Musk ownership will um, lift the current ban on political advertisements, Bam. which was yeah. put in place in 2019. Yep. If you go as far as saying all free speech is allowed, that could mean political advertisement. It's going to be difficult for... Con- Look, I, the political ad, uh, advertisement one for me, it's a tough one because I don't necessarily have anything against political advertising, but... The amount of money that is spent on it is exorbitant and ridiculous and an insult to everybody, as far as I'm concerned. A a billion dollars to get yourself elected. People should be ashamed of those numbers. So the the election funding issue is a tricky one for me because that gets me deep in the morals, man. Because as someone who's a bit more libertarian-minded, 
the idea of government controlling spending for something frightens me, you know, to my core. But when it comes to election funding, I could almost be convinced, I'm so close to being convinced, that the government setting itself a budget, and let's say like $10 million, that's all each of you get. Something like that, right? And like, if it was, even if it was a crazy, let's call it one, okay, you know what? $100 million. Each party, and only the parties, the major parties. If you're smaller than that, it's on a sliding scale. We'll 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 deal with it like the Formula One payout structure. In Formula One, the higher you finish, the more of the slice of the pie you get. So ultimately, it becomes a situation where the teams at the bottom stay at the bottom because they're constantly getting less money than the teams who win all the time. But you know, tough shit, tough titties. So that, that's the way I would scale it. Obviously, the two, the Republicans and the Dems would get the most money and then, you know, the Libertarians would get a little slice, the Greens would get a little slice because I think that would be the most democratic way to slice up the election funding, don't you think? Whoever has the most people get the most money, ultimately. No, because if the Libertarian Party wanted the same amount as the Republicans and Democrats, I'm sorry, that would be a little socialist, wouldn't it? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a little socialist to demand an equal slice regardless of how many of you there are? Oh, really? Are you being oppressed? It's a little socialist. So, no. You know. A certain amount of funding based on how many, you know, members you have or whatever in the building. And that's the way we roll. And it's locked in. And then that way, the political parties can't take fucking money from anyone. They're already taking... Listen, they're already taking money from you. It's called taxation. They're already... You don't need to give them more. You understand. They are taking more than enough to fund their own political campaigns without your you giving them even fucking more. Trust me. They you, Every other situation in the world, they can't wait to piss your taxpayer money away. So why don't we at least direct the piss into the bowl and have them pay for their own fucking election circle jerks? And get that off our plate. Right, here's the set amount that you can spend. That's the budget. You go, you go $1 over and we take a candidate off you. How about that? You lose a seat to the next person because that'll be fraud. Sorry. Let's fucking do it. And I, I, like I said, I'm a libertarian kind of guy, man, but that is one area where government regulation I could be almost down with. (laughs) Almost down with. But, you know, you know how these things go. Eventually, they would just keep raising, they would just vote themselves more money until they're voting themselves a billion dollars in the election and it won't matter. It won't make any difference. They'll just find a way to screw us anyway because that's how they roll. Let's get some let's get to some reporting on the Twitter situation. Now, Brian was having a hell of a week, I've got to say. This was one of the weeks that where Brian Stelter do we still have the thing here? I used to have a little thing here for Brian. Hang on, let's see if we've got it. Oh, from the old from the old days. Have we got Brian? Show me show me Brian. Here we go. The weekly Stelter. Thank you, Brian. It's been a hell of a week for Brian as he's been coming to terms with this. You can see the different stages of Brian. (laughs) 
from one day to the next, one hour to the next. Let's kick it off here. This all changed last Thursday, though, when he announced he had secured financing. And the board had to take this seriously. Hmm. The board did not have any other bidders. Nobody else came through to save Twitter from Elon Musk's grip. Save Twitter from Elon Musk's grip. <laughs> yes, that's right, doctor in the chat. Bri Bri. Our boy Bri Bri. We love Bri Bri. I'm, I'm a legitimate fan of Brian Stelter. He brings me so much joy when I, because he's just so, so, he's just so Brian. <laughs> you know what I mean? He is a Brian in body and spirit. Elon Musk to acquire Twitter and take it private. And so on Sunday, this became very serious. Very serious. Seriously. The board didn't. Serious. So he's mentioned serious three times in, in eight seconds. It's very serious, guys. When he announced he had secured financing. And the board had to take this seriously. Seriously. The board did not have any other bidders. No. Nobody else came through to, to save, save Twitter, Twitter from Elon Musk's grip. He's the iron fist of Elon Musk. Musk's iron grip on the company is torturing people of colour. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. It's, trust me, here's, here's five will get you ten. Here's a quick little tip for you. Put this in your cookie jar. See what it tastes like in a year from now, right? <laughs> they are going to be writing, it's going to be a constant stream of reporting on CNN. I, the, the stories are being written now, okay? They put them in the drawer and then they publish them when they need to. But the stories are being written now. Oh, ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, it's become a place of hate and oppression and people of colour don't feel safe walking in the hallways. Just, it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. It's going to happen. We have done this so many times. We have seen this happen so often. It's going to happen again. It's going to keep happening. Overnight, overnight, Twitter will become a place of hatred and misogyny. Misinformation is rife. Twitter employee speaks out. There'll be New York Times pieces written by insiders. <laughs> An ins a Twitter insider. The resistance is fighting hard to stop Elon Musk's agenda getting through. Right? That's what will happen. They are, they are writing the editorials as we speak. They are coming up with the backstories of the protagonists as we speak. I was a refugee from Mexico. <laughs> I begged my way into a scholarship in San Francisco and I became a coder. I got a job at Twitter and I'm a part of the legal policy diversion team. Diversity, whatever. <laughs> whatever we call it. I'm speaking out to the New York Times because the public deserve to know what kind of, what kind of a racist, misogynist company this has become. Elon Musk is a fucking madman. He's even given he's even given Donald Trump his account back. Fuck him. So, like I said, that will happen. Prepare yourself, and when it does happen, just try to act surprised. Okay. And so on Sunday, this became very serious. Board meetings all day long and right. into the night, and that is board what meetings here. all day long. Is it surprising? Long. Yes, it's surprising. The richest person in the world now is going to own one of the most important communications platforms in the world. It's so important. Why would you care? Remember, remember, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you're worried about. 
Remember, there's no such thing as bias when it comes to Twitter. Like, you know. That's a right-wing fantasy. That's a right-wing conspiracy. It's not real, bro. It doesn't really happen. But you know what? He got exactly what he wanted. Yep. He offered $54.20 a share. Yeah. He said that was his best and final offer. Okay. He said, take it or leave it. And the board had to take it. They had to take this it. all changed last Thursday, though, when he announced he had secured financing. And uh, the board had to take this seriously. Yeah. The board seriously. That's four seriously. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Now, this is a good one. For a while, Twitter felt like living in the future. And now, increasingly, it feels like living in the past. What was I saying before, man? Look, look, Elon Musk is gonna take Elon Musk is gonna take over and they're gonna go back to the past. No, you can't change what's happening now. Our change for the last 20, 30, 40 years has been good. You can't take us back to the past. That's just this is the way they are programmed to think. They, they, they all kind of run along the same train tracks and it's going to the, the same station. <laughs> they're all going to the same place. They just don't realise it. They think they're thinking independently and having their own ideas, but they're not. They're propagandising themselves to protect their own version of reality that purely exists in a fluid motion at all times. Like a sewer. Like you're living in a sewer. Yeah. And that's going to be a challenge now for Elon Musk. What? what? You're living in a sewer? Hang on. For a while, Twitter felt like living in the future. Mm-hmm. And now increasingly, it feels like living in the past. <laughs> or at least you're living like a sewer. Like you're living in a sewer. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things to think about is people like Brian are so stupid that they, they don't put two and two together. You see, because he will simult- he will he will think simultaneously that one, the rules that Twitter continually bring in when they get more restrictive, when they ban more accounts, when they regulate more people, right? They constantly say what a good thing it is. Look, we're eliminating hate speech, we're eliminating phobias, okay? We're eliminating disinformation and Russian trolls. We're eliminating everybody from the platform slowly over time, okay? Until there's only gonna be mainstream media platforms left again. but they they champion these ideas we love it we love we love censoring people why look it's russian bots we can't prove it it's not there's there's trolls out there ladies and gentlemen they live they live for this shit you know th- th- this is the occasion this is one of those sweet occasions in the universe where someone got exactly what they wanted <laughs> Someone got exactly what they were begging for, and now that they have it, they don't want it anymore. But it's too late. (laughs) It's too late. This is what you asked for. Sewer, like you're living in a sewer. And that's going to be a challenge now. It increasingly feels like you're living in a sewer. They never put two and two together. Yes, but it's a sewer now. Because we've been doing what you wanted. Right? It's a sewer now because of what we've done to placate you. 
you're the one that wanted more restrictions. You've wanted more action. You've wanted a certain kind of experience, right? You've wanted a, the kind of experience that's very different from what, say, the veterans of the internet might talk about. Like, let's say X, Xbox lobbies, for example, right? Or IRC, internet relay chat, ladies and gentlemen. Those were the days, my friends. We thought they'd never end. Had to, had to, sorry. Had to. So the the internet experience, you know what? Because I've got a fucking theory on this. Hear me out, okay? My theory is that the internet was a far better place when only computer nerds who knew how to connect to it were on it. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm just going to get a beverage. Talk amongst yourselves. Tell me I'm wrong. Press one in the chat if you think the internet was better when only uh, computer nerds could log onto it. Press two in the chat if, fuck you, I'm a normie, not a computer nerd, and I would be fucked. Which one is it? One or two? Let me get a drink. Smoky Bear. Smoky Bear in the chat's giving me a two. <laughs> so I'm an asshole? I think not, my friend. Cause I was around, man. The internet became a thing when I'm when I was like 16, 17, something like that. No, maybe a bit younger. Maybe like 14, 15, 16. Around those formative years. That's when the internet. That, like, I got an internet connection at, at home. I got one in my room. I'd play fucking Duke Nukem and shit with friends. <laughs> and then late at night, you would troll people and shitpost mercilessly. <laughs> That's what you did. And you know what? Because it was only other computer nerds who were on there at that time, nobody cared. Everybody had fun and it was an amazing place. Sharing things, sharing information, gamer words were just part of the common language. <laughs> because computer nerds really don't get offended by things. They don't. They really don't. The modern day computer nerd might think that they do. <laughs> but that's because the computer nerd aspect, for them the computer nerd is the Clark Kent and the social justice warrior is the Superman. For the true computer nerd, it's the other way around. For them, Clark Kent is the superhero. And Superman is an annoying shit. <laughs> a, a pious fucking righteous shit who annoys you. That's what he decided to he wants to buy. That's what he wants to own. He wants to own. Twitter matters much more uh, for communications purposes than as a business, right? It's struggled as a business. So if you say, is it that important? Well, no, it's not that important as a business. Mm. But as a communications platform, even in emergencies, yep. as a way for politicians and, as you said, celebrities to communicate and get messages out, well, the it ones, is important. It is a utility well, in that. Okay, so for politicians, celebrities, and other, you know, other elite kind of people. See, even, even when they're disagreeing with you, they can't, they can't cloak their fucking pure dripping elitism, you know. It's baked in. 
no, no, no. We need platforms like Twitter. Oh, why is that, Brian? Because we need to know what the celebrities are talking about. See, it's not really about you. It's about the popular ones. They don't care. They don't really care about hate speech. They don't care about misinformation. They care if you've got a big account. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, just start an account and copy what a celebrity, a controversial celebrity, quote unquote, that they don't like says. Nobody will give a fuck. Out. It is important. It is a utility in that it's way. It's a utility. But as I it's, said, it doesn't. It's the- a utility for the. It's a utility for the fucking media and the celebrities to share their thoughts. Brian Stelter. <laughs> well done, Brian. Well done, Brian. <laughs> Smokey Bear. I get the suspicion, Boogie. We're both Gen X, right around seventy. Not. Not even close. Close, my friend. People do look. My nickname is Grandpa, though, but I'm not. I'm not actually, you know, that old. <laughs> I'll let you try and guess, but no, I do. I do get that a lot. People think I'm older than I am. I'm starting to get old. Don't get me wrong, but people often think I'm older than I am, which is, you know, both good and bad. I mean. It's bad in the sense that, you know, it's a little unflattering, but it's good in the sense that, uh, you know, I can get away with stuff, which is nice. <laughs> and it's good in the sense that old ladies like me. <laughs> All right, let's go. The future anymore. It feels like um, something you're required to do. If, if you're okay. in public life, yep. it feels like a requirement rather than it's something you enjoy, rather than a uh, leisure activity. Yeah. Maybe Elon Musk can change all that. You know, Maybe. I, 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 I think if you're a Twitter user, you don't, you don't go quit your account. You go and see what he does next. Brian wants you to stay in the fight. Well done, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. That's fantastic. Uh, no, before we get to that, how about we have a look at one of these, ladies and gentlemen? Alison Camerota. Now, I've got a very special little treat for you here. I've got, I found back to back the same New York Times journalist doing two different interviews, one on CNN and one on DW, which is Deutsche Welle which is like an English-speaking German news channel, okay, which we get here. So, let's have a look. First of all, New York Times, let's, uh, CNN, let's go. The question many people are asking today, what will billionaire Elon Musk do with Twitter when he takes it over? Here's one clue. Musk tweeted, quote, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Let's talk about it with New York Times opinion contributing writer Kara Swisher. She's the host of the Sway podcast. And her new piece is titled Musk's Twitter, Weed Memes, Editable Tweets, and the Return of Trump. Someone is getting paid to do this. You know what I love most about this? And it might be too small for you to see, but do try and zoom in there on Kara's little kind of avatar that she has on the article. And it's a picture of her. You know how most, you know, avatar pictures on news websites, they're generally pretty standard. It's kind of, you're looking at an angle towards the camera and you're kind of like smiling politely and that's generally what's done. She's doing a pose. She's doing the pose where she's like 
you know, the angry teacher looking down her nose at you and like holding, you know, when they put the, the glasses on the ridge of their nose and kind of tilt their head forward and, you know. That's, that's the picture she went with for her New York Times avatar. <laughs> I mean, fantastic stuff. <laughs> okay. So already we can start to gleam one of two things. She either has a very high opinion of herself or two, she has a very good sense of humor. Now, I'm going to be leaning more towards one until I'm convinced otherwise. <laughs> Being the cynic that I am. Uh, Kara, great to see you. Good to see you. Okay. I've read that. I've read the title a couple of times, and each time I've thought yeah. it said edible. <laughs> I, I thought it said edible. You know, I had to read it twice to figure out what it said. CNN. <laughs> CNN. <laughs> you know, Kara, you know, Kara, you are just so fucking talented. I've been sitting here reading your headline over and over, and on about the third occasion, it kind of made sense to me. CNN. No, that's tweets. why I did it. That's why I did it. <laughs> that's why I did it. It could, be, it could be edible tweets. Yeah. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> Do you see what I did there? Like, I look. You know, I thought it said edible. Well, that's why I did it. But it's editable. Yeah, I know. I'm so clever. I'm so clever. Elon you know what? For edible tweets. Edible yeah, tweets. he's an yeah. innovator. I mean, that would be changing things up yeah. if you could just eat the tweet after you. Oh, don't you like it? Don't you like it when these these types do repartee? <laughs> it's always so forced and awkward. Uh, well, yeah, yes, he would like that very much, wouldn't he? Yes, I believe he would. I think he would. I can I say he would be down for such behaviour? You can definitely say that. Oh, we're getting loose here on the show, Lucy Goosey. After you well, posted it, I often, I, I often think he's eating edibles when he tweets. So whatever. <laughs> oh my god! Like I said, so freaking talented. What a treasure. Yeah, he's an yeah. innovator. I mean, that would be changing things up if you could just eat the tweet after you after you well. posted it. You read it because the edibles. <laughs> I often I, I often think he's eating edibles when he tweets. So oh, whatever. Yeah, Free country. Perfect. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm most interested in as yeah. a journalist and as an American, okay. which is the proliferation mm -hmm. I'm not. of misinformation. So what? Mm -hmm. What? Look. As an American, I'm concerned about the proliferation of misinformation. I know we have a number of Americans in the chat. <laughs> press one in the chat if you are concerned about the proliferation of misinformation. Press two in the chat if nah. Which one do you? Because Alison Camerota is an American and she's speaking on your behalf now. She's saying, look, as an American, I believe in... X. I believe there's too much misinformation and I'm concerned about it. Press one in the chat if you are like Alison, concerned about misinformation. Press two in the chat if nah. No. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear.
well, this isn't working out well for Alison at all, I'm afraid. Now, it is it is wall-to-wall tubes. <laughs> Mike in the chat coming through with a one. Thank you, Mike. Somebody got in there and stumped up from the ones. Uh, if one of the moderators, could you please ban Mike from the chat? <laughs> This is good. So anybody who voted one, can you just round them up, fuck them off, kick them out? <laughs> no, don't. Don't do that. We don't want it. Dissenters go straight to the head of the class. It's his plan, as he stated what his plan is to deal with that, and what, what does he mean when he talks about free speech? So, I- mind you, mind you, the purchase was announced what? At this point in, to- in the timeline, April 27, so the purchase was announced what? The day before this video came out? The day before? And straight away, these people, they go into demanding mode, don't they? Nagging. <laughs> they start... To... The media no longer is an, an organ, you know. They don't even exist to propagandise you anymore. They exist to nag you. <laughs> They're nagging constantly. <coughs> Pardon me. Well, Elon Musk took over Twitter 24 hours ago. Has he come out with a plan yet about how he's going to combat Russian disinformation? We demand answers. <laughs> Who the fuck? (laughs) Demand? Who are you to demand anything? You're just a bunch of low-income nobodies. (laughs) For the mere Quimby fans out there. Who are you to demand anything? But they do. They demand. We need to know. How's he going to stop Russian disinformation? Oh, God. Can you you at least let us move in and put our coffee mugs in in the coffee room? Can we do that? Can we get our feet under the desk first? Before we start dealing with you and your pissy little problems, your pissy little complaints, we've only just taken over this thing now. We've only just, the shit poster has only just moved in, okay? Give the man a chance to get a feel for the joint first. I don't know, Alison, I have to say. I don't know. Who knows? It's whatever rules he puts into place. Obviously, he's a free speech maximalist, which means anything goes. That sounds kind of cool. Free speech maximalist. That's a new one, though. I haven't heard that. They said they said free speech absolutist before. Now he's a free speech maximalist. What comes next? Who knows? He's a free speech titan. <laughs> he's a free speech tyrant. He's the supreme free speech leader. I think that he doesn't think people should be tossed off for bad speech. Uh-huh. He does agree that you should... L- listen listen to the way they conceptualise these, you know, these complex, I'll give them that, philosophical concepts. They conceptualise bad speech. Bad speech. What is that? Oh, look, I'm concerned that Elon Musk is not going to throw people off for bad speech. Bad speech? What? I don't think your speech is particularly good. <laughs> you know, you see, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at here? How bad is it? <laughs> Stick to the rules of violence, et cetera, rules. et cetera. But yeah. it's not clear what he wants your to do rules. about it. He has a, yeah, a see, see, you want people to stick. You, the, the government rules around speech are not good enough for them. They're openly telling you. Right? Because that's the pivot point that they were presented with. Well, he said he's just going to go with the government definition of free speech. They, they're openly telling you in every single one of these little clips and little articles and little blogs and little fucking tweets, 
they're openly telling you that that's not good enough. They're not happy with that. They want more regulations and more restrictions. And when you tell them to their face, what? So you just want to start, you know, punishing people for things that they say that you don't like because the current, you know, the government rules aren't good enough. They will openly just laugh in your face and go, oh my God, listen to this conspiracy theorist. Listen, that's a right-wing fantasy. That just... And this is why we keep saying on this show, ladies and gentlemen, trying to have debates on Twitter, you are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. They don't care. They will just say whatever they have to say in the moment, but they don't really believe anything. They don't really care. They'll just say what they have to to win. And, you know... It's, it's tough. You're trying to defend the rights of people who are trying to remove yours, ultimately. That's what it is. And I don't know if, I don't know if that can be won. I'm sad to say. I don't know if that can resolve. Because ultimately, ultimately you can't win, can you? Because you are... Every time you win, you are giving more rights to the people who, every time they win, take more of yours. So, you know, your mission is to be ended by them. And I don't think that there's anything you can do about it. Unless you want to change who you are. And, you know, I would suspect most of you probably won't, don't want to do that either. I don't know how you resolve. And it's 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 the casualness of it all. They're so casual about throwing it around. You know, well, it's just not acceptable that we can't just start removing people whenever we want. You know, it's just so second nature to them because they've had this situation for so long now. They've become used to being in charge, right? They've become accustomed to being in charge. No, no, whatever we say goes and we'll ban whoever we want from the... I mean, it's a private company, bro. It's a private company, bro. Right? Sorry, if you don't like it, start your own Twitter. And they've become so used to that power dynamic that this is really going to hurt them. This is going to really... This is going to break a lot of people. And nothing nothing will be really happening... They'll just keep doing what they always do. <clears throat> and like I said, the, the the little news stories will start leaking out. Oh, Twitter's become a racist workplace. You, you can know what's going to happen. It's so predictable. Game that he mentioned one time about timeouts rather than permanent bans. Um, I think he objected to when Trump was kicked off the platform in, uh, impermanently, for sure, yeah. at the time, which a lot of people were not doing. Actually. Yeah, I mean, how awful. I mean, not only can, we can't trust him because he doesn't just repeat what we tell him to say. I mean, it's awful because they love they love their association games, don't they? Oh wait, you didn't condemn somebody we've decided is unpopular. Well, then you're just as bad as them. Sorry, and that's the way it works. They throw you off the bandwagon. They throw you off your horse and you get stomped into the ground by the rest of the troops. They leave you behind. Citizen Volga with the diamond. Why isn't my diamond thing playing? I wonder. Thank you for the diamond, sir. But now I'm kind of pissed because if people 
give a tip, they should, you know, they should be able to know. They should have, you know, the fucking funness of hearing the noise. <laughs> Don't you think? That really annoys me when that shit happens. Okay, I wonder if it works now. Let me have a look. Did some resettings. I don't even know if I can still get into this thing here. Because it's not fair. If someone leaves a tip, they should get the... thingy me bob Come on. Is this how I do it? No. Um, God. No. All right, let's see. Let's try this. Hey, there we go. There you go. I fixed it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Now, if now if you do throw a diamond, at least I'll know about it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now, where the fuck were we? Oh, that's right. It's the end of Twitter as we know it. Actually. Um, and so he has this idea that he the has more speech, idea. the better. See, he has this idea, the more speech, the better. It's just an idea. It's not necessarily true. Oh, isn't it? No, of course not. No, of course not. It's not true. No, we all know that less speech provides a more enlightened society, don't we? Again, you see how these fucks fall ass backwards into tyranny? They don't even they don't even realize they are becoming, you know, champions of the tyrant dictatorship. They don't realize it. They don't know. They're stupid people. No, stupid, stupid's not the word. They're not stupid people. They're just dense. <laughs> Does, is that a better term, do you think? They're not stupid, but they're educated. You know what I mean? These are educated people. These are people who have studied hard and done well in exams and all of that stuff. They may not be stupid, but they are dumb, if that makes sense. Book smart, maybe. But if you were book smart, you would understand, you know, philosophical concepts as well, I would imagine. Maybe not. So it's, it's unfair to call them stupid, but it's fair to call them dumb, I think. Very dumb people. Have a listen again. Smallest, which means anything goes, I think. that he, he doesn't think people should be tossed off for bad speech. Bad he speech. He does agree that you should stick to the rules of yeah. violence. Gotta, gotta stick to the rules. We love the rules. Etc. But it's not clear what he wants to do about it. He has a, a scheme that he mentioned. A scheme. See, the words they use, they propagandize themselves. Now, you could have said plan. You could have said idea. You could have said strategy. No, no, no. You went for scheme. Right? Because, because the heroes have plans. The crooks, the criminals, they have schemes. They, they cannot help but fucking propagandize themselves. It's sad when you... And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you've seen this this clip now, once you've seen this episode of this little shitty podcast, right, you will now start recognising this behaviour in other people. Holy shit, there's another one. 
There's another. They, they lie to themselves in real time. Hacking in real time. Self-brain hacking in real fucking time. In one time about timeouts rather than permanent bans. Um, I think he objected to when Trump was kicked off the platform in, uh, impermanently. For I mean, sure, how could he do at that? At the time, which a lot of people were not doing, actually. Yeah. Um, and so he has this idea that the more speech, the better. The more the speech, more the better. Ability. He has this idea, the more speech, the better. I mean, where do they get those ideas from? <laughs> These are the people who will simultaneously tell you that the more diversity, the better, because there's more voices. They don't even realise that they're contradicting their own ideology to say these things. They don't care. Right? No, no, we need more diversity because more voices and more speech is how we make things better. Oh, okay, yes, but that was yesterday. Today, more speech equals bad. Yesterday, we used to believe in having a diverse range of voices in one space to, you know, help us enlighten ourselves. But now, the more voices we hear, the scarier it is for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep everybody safe, especially on uh, platforms like Twitter. We can't have you out there talking to whoever you want, you mad cunt. Can't have it. Members of the public in relation to a car that was driving erratically along the Cunningham Highway through the Perga Mudapilly. Thanks, cunt. <laughs> Thanks, cunt. <laughs> For people that disagree, the better. Um, I think he's going to run into a lot more complexity once he takes over because some things aren't quite as cut and dried as that when you get onto the platform and are yeah. running it at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah, you would know. Like, listen to the way the, the authority with which these fuckers speak, right? Look, it's a lot different tweeting about the platform from actually running it, as you'll as you'll find out. And it's like, oh, okay, how many Twitters have you run, sweetheart? <laughs> how many times have you been in charge of Twitter? How many times have you owned Twitter? What are you talking about? Look, Elon. <laughs> Elon Musk is going to find out what running Twitter is all about. Really? How did you find out? Oh, you're just making it up. Which a lot of people were not doing, actually. Um, And so he has this idea that the more speech, the better. The more ability for people to do. What a crazy fucking idea that is. (laughs) What a ridiculous fucking idea. Imagine thinking that more speech is better. Oh, okay. Do we have a diversity policy? Yes, more diversity is better. Oh, good. I just want to make sure we're not being contradictory assholes here. No, no, of course not. We are on point. Disagree the better. Um, I think he's going to run into a lot more complexity once he takes over complexity. because some things aren't quite as cut and dried as that when yeah. you get onto the... Yeah, I know. Something, remember, we've gone over this concept before as well, right? These... When people constantly say that, like, it, it was in, I think it was in relation to the emoji story. Remember that emoji story where it was like, they were arguing that it's, it's a complex situation with emojis when it comes to race relations. Like, should white people be allowed to tweet brown emoji hands and stuff? Remember that fucking bullshit? And they were like, oh, well, it's complex. Race relations is complex when it comes to emojis. And my theory is, no, it's not. And... Just because something is complex to you doesn't mean it's complex. You know, for example, two plus two is complex to a one-year-old, right? You know, 
Two plus two is complex to an idiot. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's complex. So maybe, you know, the concept of emojis, maybe the concept in this case of free speech isn't actually as complex as you think it is. It's just that you're an idiot and you don't understand it. Maybe that's what's happening. Now, I personally, like, I begin every new thing that I come across with that perspective. It's just the kind of person I am. I always assume that I'm the idiot first, right? Like, how does this thing work? I don't know. I'm probably an idiot. Let me try and figure it out. But they don't work that way. They don't think that way. For them, it's not that they're an idiot and they don't know what's going on. For them, it's because it's it's complicated, <laughs> right? It's It's... You remove the agency from yourself. You put it on the person who's presenting you with the thing. No, it's your fault for making it complex. It's like, well, no, it's not complex. You're just dumb. Race relations when it comes to emojis is not a complex topic that, you know, requires hours and hours of study. It's not. You're just an idiot. <laughs> Same thing applies here. I mean, this whole issue this whole issue around free speech, I mean, it's very complex. No, it's not. You just don't understand it. There's a difference. Two plus two is complex to an idiot. For sure, at the time, which a lot of people were not doing, actually. Um, and so he has this idea that the more speech, the better. The more ability what an for idea. people what to a crazy disagree, idea. the better. Um, I think he's going to run into a lot more complexity once he takes over yeah. because some things aren't quite as cut and dried as that. When you yeah, <laughs> they're the ones who are like, oh, you know, you're always thinking in black and white. Really, you think free speech is a complex idea? <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. Get onto the platform and are running it at the same time. Yeah. Well, no doubt. I mean, and here's just one no example doubt. that we pulled up. This was what Donald Trump oh, tweeted two and Listen a half weeks before January 6th. Okay. They are now here's their example of why free speech is complex. Okay, you are going to fucking love this, trust me. <laughs> their example of why free speech is a complex idea that requires regulation of the highest order is as follows, ladies and gentlemen. A tweet from Donald Trump two weeks before January 6th, okay. which was now, how long ago was that? 18 months ago now? <laughs> right? It was a while ago now. So we've pulled one tweet from two weeks before January 6th, okay, because we're still milking that tit till it's dry. <laughs> they are going to keep sucking on this tit until it is dry like a piece of beef jerky left out in the hot Arizonan desert. Fell out, fell out of some Mexican's hand when they were running from ice. They are never going to stop with the January 6th stuff. So here's one example from Donald Trump two weeks before January 6th, and this, this proves <laughs> why allowing speech on Twitter is complicated and dangerous. I'll just read a, piece, a mm -hmm. portion of it. He says, it's statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election. Big protests in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild. Be there will be wild. <laughs> exclamation point. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, tragically. Exclamation point. She added exclamation point. January 6th. Be there will be wild. Will be wild. Exclamation point. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, tragically, obviously his followers 
took that suggestion to heart. And <laughs> Tragically, <laughs> tragically, they were there and they were wild. <laughs> tragically, they showed up en masse and had fun. Did some dumb shit too. <laughs> tragically, they were there. Tragically, the followers of Donald Trump were indeed on the scene, and yes, one might report that they were acting wild. Back to you in the studio. And so, would that tweet be allowed to... Boy, how, boy howdy, it was wild out there. Wow. <laughs> stand under free speech? Is that Does that stand under free speech? They have to think about it. Because because Baked Alaska went into Nancy Pelosi's office, now Donald Trump, <laughs> right? Now that means, isn't it wonderful that retrospectively, these people think they have so much power that they can apply ownership retrospectively, right? Because Donald Trump tweeted this two weeks before January 6th. That's why Baked Alaska ended up in Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> what? There, you realise there are a lot of steps in between <laughs> that you're missing here, right? There are a lot of steps that you're not covering. To, you're jumping from Donald Trump tweet and then two weeks later. Did I say retroactively? <laughs> <laughs> that must be somewhere between retrospectively and proactively. <laughs> Come on, give, you've got to cut me some slack. I'm morning drunk now. Okay. It's, it's 9.46 in the morning. I'm morning drunk and I need to pee. <laughs> okay. And look, man, I've got so much to get through. I've got so many tabs. We haven't even, we haven't even got to the good stuff yet. We're still in segment one and I've been going for an hour and 45 minutes. There's at least two more segments to go. I've got to get it all out because I don't know if the internet's going to be working next week if I try to do another show. I've got to do my best here. All right, let's carry on. It was allowed to stand. It was there for forever. It didn't come down, it actually, was, until after. It was there forever. It didn't come down until he got banned. Okay, so it wasn't there forever then. He was banned. And so, yes, it would have been. And it was. And Twitter... I uh, didn't do anything about that tweet. They may have put a warning signal on it. I don't even remember. They did, uh, yeah. But you couldn't that You can't can't anticipate what's going to happen. That's like you're in the middle of a one of those movies where you don't, you know, you jail people before they commit crimes. Um, so. Oh. Okay. A little tip of the hat there because she's not as she's still dumb, but she's not as dumb as I thought she was. See. She, again, this is the kind of thing. They kind of walk sideways into the into the point, but they don't get there the right way. You know, this this is like when the maths teacher in school wants to see how you answered the question, right? It's not good enough just to put the answer to the equation there. You have to show you're working, right? And that's what I want to say to a lot of these people when they say things like that, right? What did she say? Let's get the quote again. Did, yeah. um, but you couldn't, that you can't can't anticipate what's going to happen. That's like you're in the middle of a one of those movies where you don't, you know, you jail people before they commit crimes. Yeah, like like Minority Report pre-crime. So she she agrees, but she doesn't know it, right? 
She's got the right idea, but she doesn't know how she got there. Show me your working. How did show me your working out? How did you get to this answer? How did you get to the answer where it's wrong to prosecute people for speech based on what retrospectively happens after? How did you get there? Is it you know right? You know you know what I'm saying because. In the next breath, they'll turn around and say, well, this should be banned. Right? It's like, well, hang on. We were making progress before. <laughs> we, were ma- we were so close, you and I, to discovering that, you know, what free speech is. We're, we're kind of potty training you <laughs> into figuring out what is, what is cool and what is not. Now, you're pretty good. Most of the time, you get yourself up on the potty. All right, You get yourself up and you get yourself perched. But then you'll still stand up before you've finished pooping sometimes. You know, a little bit of pee will go go over the floor. And it's like, oh, our, our little girl, she's getting closer to understanding free speech. She's on her way. She can pop her little bot bot on the pot pot. <laughs> but she shits before she stand. you know, before she's done. She stands up while she's shitting. So, you know, unfortunately, she's got some work to do, but we're on our way. Um, so I think that's not the issue. It's what he was doing on that day. It uh, was why Twitter threw him off. And he had a yeah. history of violations of all their rules. One of the issues is Twitter never enforced its rules. Um, uh, it, it was capricious in how it enforced its rules and yeah. somewhat ineffective. And that's, I think. Oh, OK. So now we're back again. See, we're back to the pseudo personality again. Yet again, here we are. No, no. The problem was that you can't ban people for something that happens uh, retrospectively, right? You can't do that for some action that happened two weeks after a tweet. That wouldn't be fair. What's fair is banning everybody from the start. (laughs) Okay? Because, again, see, they can sit on the potty, but they can't shit in the hole. (laughs) They get up and walk around and shit all over the floor. (laughs) They get halfway there, but then they fuck it up. Okay, yes, I agree with you. It is wrong to ban people because, you know, two weeks later somebody did something and you're kind of making a tenuous link to a tweet. That's wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. What we should be doing, what we should be doing is banning all of those tweets from the start. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right? They can sit on the potty, but they can't shit in the hole. I think what the point Elon is making is that it's so capricious and so random that maybe we should... It's random, bro and have those rules in the first place. Yeah, and I don't mean, I mean, clearly he ginned up his followers. I don't mean. Mm. Clearly. He clearly ginned up his followers. That he could have mm-hmm. predicted what was going to happen on January 6th. I just mean the part about it's statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election. No, it isn't. I mean, that's misinformation. Uh, no, that's not true. Why do they do this? She said, look, I wasn't referring to that. Yes, you were. And you know how we know you were? Because that's the part you highlighted. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Again, yet again, here's another example. Alison Camerota is propagandizing herself. She's propaganda. She will just lie to herself in order to keep her version of reality stable and unquestioned. She just openly said to the person who she's on the same side as this person. She now she's now lying to her ally, right? She just openly said to this person, "Well, I wasn't referring to the line about the DC protest. 
I was referring to statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election. But hang on. When you put the tweet on the screen, you highlighted the line. DC protest. Be there. Will be wild. She went on to talk about, did she not? We watched the clip. She went on to talk about how, unfortunately, tragically, the his followers, they acted out on January 6th. Unfortunately, it came true. Right? And then not two minutes later, she'll just lie to herself and to all of you and say, no, that wasn't the point she was making at all. No, 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 I wasn't, t- I wasn't referring to that. Let's see for ourselves. Come on, Alison. You would never, would you? January 6th. I'll just read a, piece, a mm-hmm. portion of it. He says, it's statistically impossible yep. to have lost the 2020 election. Big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild. Exclamation point. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, tragically, obviously, his followers took that suggestion to heart. And so- She even quoted the exclamation point. Okay, and now what? 90 seconds later in the clip, we're here what was going to happen on January 6th. I just mean the part about it's statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election. No. No, Alison. That's not what you mean. That's not what you meant. That's not what you said. You're just lying. You're openly lying. But this is the thing. They don't know they're lying. And again, this goes back to our earlier point, right? Not all of them are evil. This this woman clearly doesn't know that she's lying. She's just she's she's just so wrapped up in her own propaganda that to her it's the truth. Whatever you need to say at the moment that you say it, that's what the truth is. That's what you will believe. Like you know, and I'm I kind of loathed to use. Orwell references. I really, I really am because I think it's really cliched. We all know the Orwell references, so I, I kind of, I cringe at them a little bit. But sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> and this is like being strapped down and having, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm holding up, you know, three fingers, and he might be holding up two fingers. And you say, "Well, two fingers," and they punch you in the face. How many fingers am I holding up? Two fingers. Bang. He puts up three fingers again. How many fingers am I holding up? Three. Punch you again. It's like, no, you need to believe that it's three. You're lying to me. (laughs) Right? It's not good enough for you to just say three. You know? Am I holding three fingers up? You've got to say the opposite of how many fingers he's holding up. It's not good enough for you to just say it. You have to believe it. This is what they do to themselves on a, you know, on a minute to minute basis. That was, those two comments were 90 seconds apart from one another. Look. Big protest in D.C. Highlighting the line, big protest in D.C., that'll be there. And then the person says, well, I don't think that's fair. And she says, oh, that's not the point I was making. that tweet they may have put a warning signal and i don't even remember they did uh, yeah. but you couldn't anti- you can't can't anticipate what's going to happen that's like i mean you know you know what fucking credit to the new york times person at least at least again they sat on the pot didn't they she she got back up on the potty good for her you're in the middle of a one of those movies where you don't you know that you jail people before they commit crimes um, so I think that's not the issue. It's what he was doing on that day. It was why Twitter threw him off. And he had a history of violations of all their rules. One of the issues is Twitter never enforced its rules. Let's talk about um, the issues. 
it was capricious in how it enforced its rules and somewhat ineffective. And that's, I think, what the point Elon is making is that it's so capricious and so random that maybe we shouldn't capricious have those rules random. in the first place. Right. Yeah, and I don't mean, I mean, I, clearly he ginned up his followers. I don't yeah. mean that he could mm -hmm. have predicted what was going to happen on January 6th. Oh. I just mean the part about it's statistically impossible to have lost the okay. That's not the part that you talk. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, how about this? Because I've got a lot of stuff to get to. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Amberlina has dropped a link in the Discord, and you can drop a link in the Discord too. Apparently, the Cartnarks, who we have covered on this show for a couple of years now, and fashioned a, a whole, you know, department in the government of the Kingdom of Boogistan around the Cart Patrols, which were inspired by the Cartnarks, but we think the Cartnarks don't take it far enough. You know, we're going to have snipers on rooftops in the Kingdom of Boogistan if you leave your cart out. But there's no... There's not, not even a, a trial or anything. We just take care of you. You're just done. Done for. We don't allow that kind of behavior in the kingdom of Boogistan. Uh, apparently, the Kartnarks, they've been in my home. They're in my city. They're in my town right now. Because Amberlina has sent me a video from the Kartnarks from Sydney, Australia, ladies and gentlemen. Sydney. Little old fucking good old Sydney town. So we might have to come back with that, I think. Um, I've also got some safety stuff, some COVID stuff to get through. I've got an Ottawa mayor who's talking tough ahead of yet another convoy protest in Canada. I'm very much looking forward to that. We've got a lot of stuff. There's another story from Australia where a postal worker has been caught dumping ballots in a bin. So how about this? Take yourselves a little five-minute break, Okay. Take yourselves five, a little five-minute break. I'm going to you know, go to the little boy's room, grab a beverage, and when we return, we'll get into some of that juiciness. It's going to be a marathon tonight, so stick around. See you soon. Friday night, Daily Boogie. Uh, Nihawa Boogie, uh, this is a frozen Asian and uh, I heard about uh, what you said about uh, China and uh, well, uh, you are Guaylo. Yeah, you are Guaylo. Stop being Guaylo. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. You gave him a loaded shotgun? Well, you don't give a toy without batteries. Come and get your Tootsie Rolls! It's Irrational Times. Original music. Interactive trivia. Games. Guests. VHS Rental. Adult Learning Center. Window Repair. Flight Trainer. Kosher Catering. And now introducing the lovely assistant. I do Jim Jams. And here I use only the finest jib to combine with an organic jab to produce the highest quality jib jabs. Don't 
fooled by those imitation jib-jabs made in the Chinese sweatshops. Enjoy fair trade jib-jabs made locally here in Canada. Due to the outcome of a previous court case, the lovely assistant is prohibited from jib-jabbing outside of Canada. I mean, let's I mean, if we're going to go full public, full transparency, let's see all of it, because I guarantee you what the Democrats were doing was criminal, Im- impeachable activities routinely. Hey, where do the llamas like to be petted? You know, I'm going to be real honest. I don't think you look very nice. Mm. I've been doing some looking into Boogie Bumper and his fancy voice there, fancy Australian voice. Turns out, after a little bit of uh, scrutinizing in my uh, studio here, his voice is not natural. He uses uh, digital uh, tricks, studio magic, to make his voice sound deep uh, and low and nice. It's, it's actually not. It sounds like a high-pitched kind of uh, weaselly voice. And also the accent, fake. Uh, another digital trick, studio magic. So, sorry, Boogie, had to expose you. But it's, uh, you know, you've been riding too high for too long, sir. It's pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Ian Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most. A uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen, you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our, our, our service members and all of our, our union members who require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-lapism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... It's Charworthington here with Char Money Live! Where you can have a chahoochinani of a good time. We have everything from current events to a chasorcin McCarran, where these chicans just be going chug crazy! It's off the hinge. We even got Karens jumping off the trailers! We got Karens going to crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karens to come within six feet of your vicinity, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the inability to become based. For instance, help with any of these symptoms, please contact the trauma and outline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time of transition from sleep to awake. The best way to describe Boogie Bumper is that he is a left-wing socialist criminal who should not be allowed to have any influence over anybody. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. 
there's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Come back. We've only just begun. Thank you for joining us Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're having a good one out there. Daily Boogie podcast. Daily Boogie. Is it the Daily Boogie anymore? I'm not sure it is. Let's go to uh, Deutsche Welle. Keeping on our theme. Welcome back to the show. It's part two. How many parts there will be? I don't know, but it's you and me versus the world, baby. Let's go. Not Renee in the chat posting um, one of the oldies, but a goodies. I think that was, was that Fascist Hippie who sent that to me? I think it was. Fascist Hippie sent that. Yeah. We made the front page, baby. <laughs> Blame it on the boogie. Yeah. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> Let's carry on here. But first, but first, before we carry on, um, an update from our trusted boys in blue. Um, <laughs> members of the public in relation to a car that was driving erratically along the Cunningham Highway through the Perga Mudapilly. Thanks, cunt. Thanks, cunt. More hours, please. Don't worry. I've got a couple more hours up my sleeve. Um, should we do? Should we do another? I tell you what. I'll let you decide. Okay. Now. Because I, I do like to, you know, I'm open, man. We can do whatever you want, bro. I'm pretty chilled like that. So we can watch another interview with the New York Times journal- journalist that we just watched from the CNN clip just before the break, okay? But with a different host, this host from Deutsche Welle. We can do that or we can do something else. So the choice, your missions, should you choose to accept it, is to make a decision between one, Watch another interview with the same New York Times journalist, or two, do something else. Which will it be? It's twos. It's wall-to-wall twos. Okay, I go where the people go. This is the people's show. How about this one instead? <laughs> hey? How about this one instead? <laughs> Twitter is not the real world. And in fact, on Twitter, it is predominantly straight white men. So when... It's not true. I think it's fair to say that there are more there are more people of other um you know ethnicities and backgrounds and colors if we're going to reduce it to colors cuz what are white people really white people have been killing each other for longer than you've been hating white people right the scots hate the english the the angles hate the saxons the normans hate the fucking this the gauls hate the fucking french Right, the Spanish all the Spanish hate each other just more probably more than any other country internally. Did you know that the Spanish national anthem has no words in it? 
because each of the different parts of Spain didn't want to sing in praise of the other. <laughs> so, so they came up with a national anthem that was literally just music. If you don't believe me, look it up. It's because nobody wanted to sing about how good Spain was because they all kind of... Spain was a kingdom that became a kingdom out of necessity, not choice. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, fine. I really hate the rest of you, but if it's the only way, then whatever. <laughs> All right, let's sing to the glory of Spain. No, let's not and say we did. Just play some music and we'll get the fuck out of here. Elon Musk says, wow. I'm pretty sure that the the major user base on Twitter is not straight white men. For And you know what I'm basing this on? I know that most of the users on Twitter are actually Indians who are trying to sell themselves on Fiverr because I've read Twitter. I know because, and you've noticed this too, I'm sure. Underneath every kind of ABC, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC tweet, underneath every single one, there is an Indian man trying to sell them their work on Fiverr. Hey, are you looking for somebody to find me on Fiverr? It's underneath every single one of their tweets. So I know personally from, you know, my own observations that the number one demographic on Twitter, the number one Twitter user is actually, you know, a 28-year-old engineering graduate who couldn't get their visa sorted out in either Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the UK, the United States of America, France, Germany, or, you know, Spain, Portugal, you know, Italy, whatever. And they had to go back to India and now, and now they're selling, you know, even though they've got two or three degrees from a Western university, it's very difficult to find work in India. So, you know, they're selling gigs on Fiverr, you know, programming gigs and stuff. Those are your biggest Twitter user demographics, in which case I think the ownership stint of Elon Musk is going to be a rip-roaring success. Because the Indians sure do, the Indians sure do love Elon Musk. And if you don't believe me, have a look at some of the deals. Elon, Elon loves India, and India loves Elon more than Trump loves India, and that's saying something. Okay? And you know what? On this show, we love India too. I love India. I got a lot of Indian mates. I know a lot of Indian people. I've never had an issue with the Indian people. Indian, I get on well with the Indians. <laughs> We're often doing the same jobs, man, you know? So I'm fine with the Indians. They're a little different than the Chinese. <laughs> Although Chinese people themselves that I've known and grown up with here in Sydney, I've never had a problem with either. But obviously obviously, the, uh, you know, the behaviour of their government is a little different. That's in a different category, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know... When they're, when they're creating islands in the middle of the ocean and putting military bases on them, I'm like, I don't, is that against the rules? <laughs> Are they allowed to do that? I mean, because there was a shipping lane here and now we can't go through the thing because all of a sudden there's an island there and you put a gun on it. <laughs> is that okay? I don't know. Is there someone I can call? I'm just going to have to check with my supervisor. And they said, well, this this ocean, this part of the ocean belongs to us and we'll do whatever we want with it. And when the UN at the time turned around and said, uh, excuse me, I don't think you should be doing that, they said, suck my dick. And they did it anyway. See, 
Here in Australia, New Zealand, the United States, Canada, the UK, when the UN says something, we go, I'm so sorry, sir. How can I make you pleased with me again? I'm so sorry, UN. We must follow what the UN says. We must not contradict the UN rules. You know, We're going to do what they say. And when the UN turned around to China and said, you've got to stop creating islands in the South China Sea and putting military installments on them, they said, suck my dick. And they did it anyway. <laughs> they did it anyway. And then the rest of the world who cowers behind the UN went, well, there's nothing we can do. And I'm like, well, what's the whole point of this then? Why are we having these meetings then? Didn't you hear? They said, go fuck yourselves. We're doing it anyway. What are we going to do about it? Well, nothing. What are we doing here? Anyway, long story short, I think most people who use Twitter are uh, Indians on fire. On Twitter, it is predominantly straight Indians white on men. So when Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And <laughs> It's just, it makes me so happy, man. So happy. You don't understand. Look, I've, I've, you know, I've lost friends and stuff in the past because, because 10 years ago I was talking about how ridiculous you know, the whole slant towards racism was and people would be like, oh, you're a horrible person. I'm like, I'm really not. You've got to be careful because this is going to get out of control. You know, and I don't want you to, I don't want you to not be happy anymore. And you're, you're really going to a place where everything's going to be racism and it's going to be turmoil and you're going to hate it. Trust me. And, I, and I'd get like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're always such a bigot. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And now here we are. And like, of course, like, you know, the great line from The Usual Suspects, how you can find a killer, is, you know, you put six people in a, in a jail cell and one of them's the killer. The killer is the one who falls asleep. All the rest of them stay awake all night. Because if you're innocent, you're panicking. It's like, oh my God, am I ever going to get out of here? I haven't even done anything. I want to talk to my lawyer. I want to talk to my wife. Get my kids down here, right? But if you're the killer, you've, you're, you're caught. You're in the jail and you just accept, oh, well, I'm fucked and you go to bed, you know? Looks like I'm going to be doing some time, you know? It's over. They got you at that point. It's too late to panic. You accept your fate. <laughs> you know, 10 years ago when we were talking about this shit, nobody cared. Oh, look, you, you're just going way over the top. <laughs> look. It's ridiculous. If you don't think progress is fast, ask yourself, in 2010, let's say in 2012, what was happening in 2012? Barack Obama just got re-elected for his second term in 2012. Now, think of it. It's not that long ago, right? 2012? Now, at the time in 2012, if you had have said, oh, look, one day mainstream media, you know, within the next six years, mainstream media will be promoting, let's say, you know, genital mutilation for young people in regards to, you know, gender issues and whatnot. Like, you'll, that'll be happening, like, on a regular, but we'll, we'll see, like, you know, child drag queens and stuff. You would have been laughed out of the room. You would. Many people were. 
myself included, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, well, because it's it's not it's not even coming from a place of I don't like it because as far as I'm concerned at this point, you can like whatever you want, and if it's sick like if it's sick shit like that, I'm just the way I'm going to approach it is when that affects you, that'll be on you, you know. Like, I don't think we should punish people for... Like, I don't think you should make abortion illegal. You know why? Because whatever punishment is reserved for you for what you have done, it will be dished out, if you know what I mean, you know? Because people, you know, people talk about how they get depressed and stuff like that, and it's like, well, what did you expect? You know, you made a decision and you got to live with it. So I think sometimes the, the conscious the subconscious mind of the human being is fu- is far more devastating uh, punishment than anything another human can dish out. And, that, you know, these occasions are that. This is exactly what these people have been asking for for so long. This is exactly the situation that they wanted. And I, I now, having accepted, having accepted the fate, having accepted the fact that it's never going to be as good as it was in my lifetime, right? That doesn't mean we won't have good times. That doesn't mean that there won't be some good days. That doesn't mean that there won't be good moments. But it does mean that it's never going to be as consistently good as it used to be. Because we've tipped over that edge and we knew that we would. For generation after generation after generation, for, you know, multiple generations, each generation left the world a little bit better for the one that came after them. Right? That has been the way for a, a pretty long time. That's what human progress is. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, the generation before us are the first ones in a long, 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 long time with no plague and no world war to induce it. But just in the middle of, you know, a time of comfortable growth and life situations during those very stable times they are the first generation in many a generation to hand the world over in a worse off spot than what they got it and like i said there's no conceivable reason for them to have done it because everything was handed to them on a silver platter they just loved the idea of pissing it away they just love the idea of wrapping it up and getting rid of it all And so when you come to realize that, because I think the, the best possible times in my particular, you know, time frame awareness being the age that I am, I would say like the late 90s was probably as good. It's probably as good as I'm ever going to see. Probably as good as it's ever going to get. And it was, I, I still hold to this day that it was after 2001. That's when, that 2001 was the day the West lost its innocence. And I, I stick to that to this day. That was literally, everything literally changed on 2001. I was much older, like years later. I'm going to say like 2008, 2009, around the time Barack Obama first got elected. And I remember uh, discovering that, Post 2001, right? Post September 11, 2001, people, because people used to talk about George W. Bush, the war hawk, and because he was, you know, the war president, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, yes, that's true. But he was also incredibly woke. (laughs) 
And if you don't believe me, and this is how I discovered it, because I was arguing with someone and this someone told me that, no, 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 George W. Bush was not like the fucking anti-Muslim guy. They they doubled and tripled um, Islamic immigration after 9-11. I'm like, really? Because I was I was about 18 when 9-11 happened. So now, now I'm telling you how old I am. Uh, so I was about 18 when 9-11 happened. Thereabouts, maybe 17. I don't know. It was kind of a blur, <laughs> you know. And um, I said, you know, George W. Bush, you know, he's the war president. As soon as 9-11 was kind of in the past, he turned extremely woke. And you can see this stuff. You can find the videos. You can read the articles. It's like, we must not turn against our, you know, our people. And they raised immigration. And remember, that's when the, that's where Islamophobia started, was when George Bush was president. Because they would say things like, you can't be Islamophobic. It's wrong to limit, you know, immigration into the United States. Under George Bush, after 9-11, Islamic immigration went from like, you know, it, it tripled over the course of what, two or three years or something? Like, you, you look at the graphs and it goes straight through the roof. And again... I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I find it amusing that this, this perception that he was like the great, oh, we're anti-Muslim warmongers, wasn't necessarily true. Yes, he was a warmonger, but he was also an incredibly, you know, woke president. Remember, remember he gave billions of dollars to fund fucking um, AIDS research in Africa. Billions at the time. People forget that stuff. So even then, that was woke as fuck. What what we would refer to today as woke behavior, he was more what he was more Democrat than fucking Democrat with stuff like that. The de- the Democrats today laugh at the idea of you know black children dying of AIDS in Africa. Back then, the Republicans were like, we gotta look after those beautiful goddamn black babies. We're making war in Iraq. We're looking after those black babies in Africa. Now watch this drive. <laughs> That was your fucking George W. Bush. I mean, he was special. And so let them have it. Let them just go at it. I enjoy the block button on Twitter. Um, I think it has a real outsized influence. I can tell you that this show from the beginning and those who have been here for like five, six years, you know this to be true. Never blocked anyone. Do not block. I have, I have, I have kept it. That is the one thing I have kept a clean and consistent record on all these years. Is I have never once blocked anyone. <laughs> I'm sure there's people who don't like me out there, and that's that's okay. You know, it's probably fair too, I guess. But it is what it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately, however it fucking falls, the one thing that we all know it is what it is, and that's the way it's going to be what we're doing so never blocked i have however i have used the mute button which i see is like um flagging spam email you know like if you're just constantly popping up on my inbox and it's never anything that i'm interested in if you're selling like vacuum cleaners or something or tweeting garbage i will i will mute absolutely mute because it's like all right i've seen enough (laughs) you know this is wasting my time now and it's nothing personal. I'm not blocking you. Like, you know, I'm not blocking's kind of silly. So I'm not going to block you, but I will just choose not to read it. Which is another very funny fucking situation that's arisen from the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter in that 
They went. It took them one day to go from we need to ban everybody off Twitter to they now take the opposite approach because Elon Musk banned some fucking uh, banned. Pardon me. Uh, blocked some fucking activist Twitter account or something. You know, I forget what they're called. Public fucking policy, whatever one of those generic names are. He blocked them. And they said, oh, look, this is coming from the guy who believes in free speech. And you could read the replies. They're now they're now taking the position that it's it's anti-free speech to even block people block people on Twitter. So yesterday they wanted to ban everyone, and today they think blocking is immoral and anti-free speech. They are fu- they're fucking psychopaths, okay? They don't know what they believe in. So again, once again, if you if you choose to heed my advice or not, it's entirely up to you, but you live with the consequences. Do not bother arguing with these people. They themselves do not know what they believe in, so how can you argue beliefs with them? They're just making it up as they go along. <laughs> There's no argument to be had. It's just going to be an endless fucking an endless cycle of abuse. It's not going to be a debate. They're not going to change their mind. They don't know what they believe in in the first place. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno sums it up. They don't believe in anything. <laughs> they, we believe in nothing, Lebowski. They were nihilists, dude. <laughs> Come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Forget about the fucking rodent. In, in our world because politicians and celebrities are on it. And the second thing that I'm very concerned about, which we've seen particularly about. the effects with the pandemic, is misinformation. Mm-hmm. Anna, Anna Navarro is the first person I've seen who's, you know, come from another country, moved to, say, the United States, and their accent has got thicker the longer that they've been there. Right? Usually when you move to a country that doesn't speak the language that you grew up with, you slowly over time develop the characteristics of the language that you're immersed in, don't you? Right? You'll slowly lose your own accent over time in little ways or big ways. Everyone's different, but you will slowly adapt to the new language and you'll start to pick up some of their little isms and little characteristics and little idiosyncratic little things that they have. Anna Navarro is the first case that I've ever seen who has gone the opposite way. When she first moved to America, she sounded far more American than she does now after years of living in America. She's she becoming more Spanish, you know. It's like, well, how much are we going to have to put up with the Republican putas out there? I mean, you know, my family, we come from a village. And I mean, Donald Trump wouldn't even be able to walk down this fucking village, you know. And it's like, you can look at Anna Navarro in 2019 and she'll be like, honestly, the Republicans have got a lot to answer for. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Right? What is she doing? Who who do who does she think she's fooling? One and two, who is she really fooling? You know, it's just not fair. Underly, <laughs> underly. Oh, Donald Trump, he's the fastest president in all of Mexico. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we don't have a lot of Mexicans here, my American friends. So, you know, I learned about, I literally learned about Mexican culture by watching Speedy Gonzalez cartoons. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Our our Mexicans are Asians. (laughs) (laughs) If 
it. If you want a rough, if you want a rough, you know, demographic equivalence. <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Now, see, the question that's going to keep you up at night is, if you're listening to this podcast, am I being rude to the Asians or the Mexicans? And I'm going to leave that for you to figure out because that's the kind of guy I am. I love those open-ended ones. (laughs) Who was I being rude to? Press one in the chat for Asian, press two in the chat for Mexican. (laughs) Now you may press three in the chat for both based purely on the quiz that I just gave you. Is this quiz racist? Press one. Let's get back to Anna. I'm a political prisoner. And let's get back to Anna Montana here. <laughs> let's get back to Scarface Anna Montana. You know, cousin of Tony Montana. First you'll get the view, then you'll get the CPAC, then you'll get the women. Let's hear, let's hear at the retrospectively de let's let's listen to the repatronizing. <laughs> I can't even come up I can't come up with a term appropriate for somebody who's becoming more like their immigrant self the longer they stay in the new country. I, I'm having difficulty placing that as a as a thing. What would you say? Post-immigration regressive. <laughs> I don't know what to, how to classify this this thing that we've found here. I feel like fucking, you know, I feel like Charles Dickens or something. We're seeing something for the first time. How do we verbalize it? What is she? She's a she's a retrospective, a retrospective immigrant. Maybe <laughs> she's becoming more of an immigrant the longer she stays in the new country. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> right. Let's let's hear from let's hear from Anna I think it has a real outsized influence in, in, in our world because politicians and celebrities are on it. And the second thing that I'm very concerned about, America which we've about. seen particularly <laughs> the effects with the pandemic. The pandemic. The pandemic. Oh, pandemic. Information. Mm-hmm. And so I think right. if this, you're going uh, to have that, a platform that big, that you be, have a responsibility. Uh, it can't just be f- completely free when you're causing harm. What is he going to do? If you, andale, andale. you have $44 billion and you use it to buy Twitter, yeah. you. Twitter. <laughs> if you have $44 billion and you use it to buy Twitter, why don't you pop? Your titty. You make bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We need. Right. 24 billion. We need it. I mean, well, he's put it in no. world hunger. No. 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 No, but he doesn't know what to do with it. It's the I mean, same as that other change. The two of them went into space because they have no other ideas about what to do with their money. Okay? Mm-hmm. They should start well, giving it away. <laughs> The, sh- the sheer audacity, the balls of people. It never ceases to amaze me. 
I don't know about you, man, but oh, I can't. <laughs> it's just whenever the opportunity presents and the little shards of light shine through, it's they're very driven. There's a there's a very jealous motivation that's driving these people. It is. You know, I'm not saying that things are good or bad, but it's like he should be giving his money. Give yours away. I I hate I hate fake piousness, you know? I'm not anti-piousness. I hate fake piousness. I'm 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 generally someone that's like, man, you can be as degenerate as you want. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna call bad on it. Just do you, man. I really am that way. I don't care. Fuck who you want to fuck. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm not. If you're a cunt to me, then I'll be a cunt back. But that's it. I really don't care about anything else. But this, it's just that it's a, it's an, a constant fucking hunger, thirst. You just got to take another victim. Got to take another scalp. Got to get someone. He's got too much money. They've got too much power. He's got too much land. They've got too much. We need to take it. You know, it's just, it's like the walking dead. Instead of biting into your neck, they're just going and raiding your bank account. (laughs) They can't wait to tell you how to spend your money. And if if you don't spend it the way they want you to, they'll just fucking take it off you. We're just coming for it now. Sorry. I mean, you know, what have we got here? Is this the one? Yeah. We're we're just going to take your stuff. Let's have a look. Their hard work has played a critical role in assuring Putin's strategic failure in Ukraine, and they should know that we know it. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains. See, accommodating them would be helping them. We're going to accommodate the Russian oligarchs. Oh, so, okay, so you're going to put them up, make their bed, make them toast and coffee in the morning? <laughs> we will accommodate you. Come on in. It's fine. The water's fine. There take their, their ill-begotten gains. Ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. <laughs> We're going to seize their yachts, okay. their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. I mean, don't you feel safer already? You know, it doesn't it doesn't pleasure me to say it, but I mean there's nothing there's nothing behind those eyes, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's not the man he was, that's for sure. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what sort of a man he was before, but he's even less than that now, if you follow me, right? He's definitely not the man he was, and the man he was wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's far worse now. <laughs> far, 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 far worse now than he was. And that can't be good. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy in the chat, it's horrifying. <laughs> I imagine it would be. 
I imagine it would be. <laughs> but these are bad guys. Bad. This legislative package strengthens our law enforcement capabilities to seize property. It's it's like, you know, I've heard people say that he's had a stroke. I'm not even sure I agree with that. It's when you see him speak, it's like he's having multiple strokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't speak like a guy who had a stroke once. He speaks like a guy who's having constant strokes over and over and over again. Like while he's talking to you. <laughs> There's a difference. Holy shit. I got in politics, involved in politics, because I think the greatest sin that anyone can commit is the abuse of power. <laughs> if there's one thing we all hate, Mr. President, it's the abuse of power. Now, if you could please tell us about the new the new Department of Misinformation that you're funding from the Department of Homeland Security, if you could let us know about that. You know, we the reason I got into politics is because I hate the abuse of power. That that is def, it is defined within its own terms as a lie. You know what I mean? That can't be true based on what your definition of what politics is. It can't be true. I got into politics because I don't like people abusing power. No, no, no. You got into politics to abuse power because that's what politics is. And people who seek public office, they might be really nice people and have really good motivations. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're all terrible people. Okay. I will conject that, you know, the really good ones never make it because they're chewed up and spat out long before they're even selected to run for the party. Like like the old saying goes, I don't trust anyone who doesn't have any vices, right? That, that is very much the, the prevalent attitude in politics. You've got to have some kind of dirt so we can trust you, right? If someone's squeaky clean and they're charismatic and they're good and they're going to win a lot of votes, they don't want that person because that person will be independent. We don't want them. We want someone who's going to do what they're told. It'll be business as usual. Look, just shut up and sign the paperwork and smile for the camera and kiss the baby and you'll have a nice, sweet fucking pension. Okay, sounds good. Whatever that power is, the power of a teacher, the power of a, a doctor, the power of a leader, when someone who is relying on you or you cannot... Just the abuse of power. And I got involved because my state... I mean, if you're seeking office, it's because you might be a good guy and you might want the right things, but deep down there is a part of you that wants to tell other people what to do. That's just the way it is, man. It has to be. You have to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. Part of you, there is something in you, there is something driving you. You 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 can say that you're doing it for the right reasons and that's all well and good, but there is a part of you that ultimately wants to lord over people. You might be a libertarian. If you're running for government, it's because there's a part of you that wants to be in charge. You want to run shit. 
And yes, oh, you can say it's a sacred duty and an honor and a responsibility. And yes, that's all wonderful, but there's still part of you that wants to be the man. Right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. You just wouldn't. And you know, I'm not. That's, that's me. I would never. I would never. You know why? Because I don't want to tell anyone what to do. And I understand to some people that's a ridiculous viewpoint, but hey, what do you want me to say, man? (laughs) I don't want to tell anyone what to do. That's ridiculous, Boogs. Well, what do you want me to say? Kind of the guy I am. I got into politics, involved in politics, because I think the greatest sin that anyone can commit is the abuse of power. The greatest sin that anyone can commit is the abuse of power. Welcome to the Ministry of Disinformation. All right, now, I want to give you an option here. What should we jump to? Now, we've got a couple items here that we can talk about. How about this? Okay. I'll give you some options. Option number one, is Denmark being hypocritical when it comes to refugees? Okay. That's option number one. Option number two, Australian cartnarks. Option number three, COVID safety. What do you want? One, two, or three? Go. Show me what you got. Sorry, caught me short there. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I am back. Actually, give me one second. Hang on.
All right, we're back. Winning TV with a diamond, with a ninja genie. It was a genie, of course it was. I knew that. Thank you very much. Winning TV with a ninja genie. Sorry, I was otherwise, I was occupado just for a minute. Taylor, I will not hear those wild accusations. Winning TV with a ninja genie. A little bribe never hurts. You're ready for politics now. Thank you. Exactly. That's right. I once got told, um, you know, back in the day, the system for new police recruits. Okay. I wasn't a police recruit, mind you. But I once got told this thing, that, this kind of ritual that happened to somebody that I know. Okay. And he said he went to his locker and he found, because you know, the, the people knew he was a, a cigarette smoker, right? The other the other cops knew that he smoked cigarettes. They, you know, because, like, if you go there for training or whatever, they're like, oh, what's your brand? You know, oh, yeah, Win, Winfield Blue, whatever. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. And so, you know, his first day in this fucking HQ, whatever it was, mind you, this was probably back in, like, the 70s or something, 60s or 70s, I think this story was. And he said, you know, his first day, he went there and he opened up his locker and there were, like, three or four cartons of cigarettes, his brand, the brand that he smoked. And he kind of looked at it and he looked around and he was like, oh, okay. And he went and asked like his, you know, his CO, right, that day. Oh, hey, look, I found the, um, what's going on with the cigarettes in my um thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're your brand, aren't they? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, what's that about? And he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he's like, why am I getting cigarettes in his thing? And he goes, well, I, I'm, I'm not saying that you got cigarettes in your thing, in your locker. And the guy was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, is are you going to smoke them or do you want to file a report about it or something? <laughs> and I was like, what? And he said, yeah, because they're figuring you out from that first moment, from that very first day. What, what kind of guy are we dealing with here? Is he going to play along? Is he going to be part of the team? Is he just going to take the cigarettes and go, hey, thanks, boys. That was nice of you. Or is he going to go, um, you know, report it to somebody and say, well, Somebody put these cigarettes in my locker. What's that about? Is he, which kind of guy is he? They figure you out from that first day. Which I thought was a very interesting little story. All right. Got some cartnarks. Ladies and gentlemen, this was sent through by Amberlina. Thank you for joining us, Amberlina. That's Blair, by the way. Trendy activewear brand Gymshark sparks backlash after photo shoot image is leaked online. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that little gem at some point too. <laughs> now, apparently this, apparently this Cartnarks video is from Sydney, Australia, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm just looking at this car park here, and I'm trying to place it. Because I reckon I would have been in most shopping centres in Sydney. You know, work I was doing at the time and stuff. And I'm trying to place it. And I'm not sure where this one is, unfortunately. I haven't watched the video, but I have done this. Like, just scanned through and looked at stills. Trying to figure out where that is. My car is there. I don't know. It's a tricky one. At first, I thought like Parramatta, which is, you know, a little further east from where I am. You know, okay. So apparently, Cartnarks went to Australia, went to Sydney, Australia, 
Citizen Volga says it's a Kmart. It's not. It's a shopping center that has Kmart, but it also has Aldi and it has Panetta, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. It's got Woolworths as well. That's that apple there. That's the, like the um, fresh food fucking shop supermarket, if you want, right? That's your Woolworths symbol. So it's a, it's a shopping center because like it's a mall because they've got all these different shops in it. I just can't place which one it is with the trees there like that. I'm not sure. Like, this is the roof. So, I don't know. Kind of thought Parramatta at first, but there might be... I think there's too many trees around for that to be true. So, anyway. Let's play. So, the Cardinarks came to Australia. Let's have a look. Came to little old Australia. What's this guy doing? Is he looking at me? Working on it. Coming on over. <laughs> what are you doing? I'll that for you. My first question is, Agent Sebastian, what are you doing here? Why are you in Australia? I'm not saying that from a point, you know, from, from a perspective of any animus or anything like that. Just out of curiosity. Oh, man, are you in Sydney? We could hang out. <laughs> I would definitely like to go and meet Agent Sebastian. Bro, what are you doing here? We could have been having a, we could have been partying weeks ago. Where are you? <laughs> I'll come and meet you. I'll leave my card out. You can have your way with me. Let's see. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You got a dollar? Is that? You got a dollar? Oh, it's one of the ones with the uh, the coin. I see. You're right. My bad. I did not see that. Oh, he got punked. <laughs> Agent Sebastian was not prepared for that, ladies and gentlemen. Rookie mistake, Agent Sebastian. Rookie mistake. See, this is why you needed me, man. I could have helped you through this. I could have helped you out here. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, because this guy's put a dollar in. This is what you don't understand about Australian culture and Australian people, okay? Unless we force people to hand over some kind of ransom, in the case of a, a shopping cart, it's $1. We force people to hand over $1 as a ransom to return their shopping cart because Australia is a country founded by criminals and run by criminals and populated uh, in large part by, you know, the descendants of criminals. Right? You have to treat everybody as such. So he's gone up there and said, may I take your trolley? Well, you better fucking give me a dollar first. <laughs> give me a buck and I'll give you the trolley. He wasn't prepared for that. Oh, because he should have had a dollar on him. He should have had a coin ready to go. Working on it. Rookie move. Coming on over. I'll grab that for you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You got a dollar? Is that? You got a dollar? Oh, it's one of the ones with the, uh, the coin. I see. You're right. My bad, I did not see that. Now, you can see here. Now, I have tweeted in the past, ladies and gentlemen, still pictures of some tro shopping trolley situations that I have found here in my hometown of Sydney. And I can tell you that that situation there is probably, even though it's disgusting to look at, even though it's going to trigger you, you, uh, you know, and your OCD tendencies, it's still one of the better ones. Believe it or not. You've only got like five carts that are not in the corral, that's a pretty good one. Usually they're far worse than that. Agent Sebastian could spend the rest of his life in just one Sydney suburb alone and never solve the cart issue. There are some horrendous cart criminals in this country 
in to the point where you Americans don't know how fucking lucky you are. <laughs> All right, my bad, I did not see that. Apologies. Get you hooked up over here with your other uh, Aldi carts. I get these Kmart carts out of your way. Look at that. In it goes. It's nine in the city, and I'm on my way back home. Humming on my favorite ditty, swinging like Natalie Cole. The old fella knows what's up. He just rolls right in. Right into the correct slot. He's done this before. He's a professional. He's courteous. He's a good man. Doing the right thing. Thank you, sir. Sir, thank you for your service. Interesting we have a mixed cart development here. (laughs) (laughs) Because ultimately... Ultimately, we want to have the cart segregated. It's the one part of society that we all agree it's okay to be a bigot about. We want the we want the shopping carts with like you know the ones with the big bottom piece, right? We want them in a certain lane. We want the ones with the baby seats in a certain lane, and you know we want the regular stock standard Formula One version of the shopping cart in a, in a lane all of its own as well. But see, Australians don't care so much for that sort of attention to detail. (laughs) As you can see here, one of the carts is actually the wrong way around. (laughs) Look at it. Look at that one. (laughs) So one of the carts has been put in the cart. So the person, like, conceptualise this. The person did the right thing. By taking the shopping cart to the cart corral, right? So they did the right, they took it there. But then upon reaching the cart corral, despite, you know, there being, let's say, a dozen shopping carts already facing in a particular direction, (laughs) they decided to put it in the corral, but just the wrong way around. (laughs) Now it's backwards. And so now no other carts can slide in properly because, of course, the people who arrive after this person are going, reverting back to the correct cart direction, which is, you know, back to front. (laughs) And there's just one cart in the middle of the pile now that's taking up the space of about a dozen shopping carts because it's facing the wrong way. But they took it all the way to the crowd. Yet another example, ladies and gentlemen, of someone who falls ass backwards into being a dickhead, you know. They didn't mean it. They were trying to do the right thing. They're stupid, not evil. (laughs) They can get on the pot, but they can't shit. They can get on the potty, but they can't shit in the hole. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yet another example of getting on the potty, but being unable to shit in the hole. God love them. (laughs) Let's see what the analysis is. I'm very interested to see what a foreigner thinks of our situation. I'm very interested. Because he, he wouldn't know the various little Sydney dynamics as well. If you know Sydney, if you know Sydney like I know Sydney. <laughs> if you know Sydney, you know like different little areas have their own little idiosyncrasies. You know, they have their own little characteristics. Like any big city. city's pre- Sydney's pretty big. About five million people here, you know. It's a pretty big city. It's bigger than a lot of cities. <laughs> and... It's more like a whole bunch of little cities stuck together. So all of the little areas of Sydney have their own little identity. And you can tell where someone's from, you know? 
So I'd like to know where, you know, this is from because when somebody comes into this environment from, you know, a different country, the UK or Canada or the United States and stuff, there is like, you have to kind of learn very quickly, like the way people talk and stuff. And it does confuse people who come from other countries. Less so now, maybe with the internet, and we we can all watch videos and stuff. And, you know, we can you know participate in streams and things like that. Maybe it's less so now. But before all of that, it was definitely the case. It was very strange to foreigners. Just the terms we use. I'll tell you what. If you want an example of what I'm talking about, this is a, a story I had on the boil here. Let, let's cut to this for a moment, just for the intro. Now, this is a story about a postal worker who has been caught dumping um, online, uh, has been caught dumping mail, mail-in mail ballots for the election, right, into a garbage bin, okay? They've been caught throwing election applications into the trash. That's what the story is, right? Now, imagine if you didn't know anything about the way we speak here, coming to this country and then hearing this. Tonight, the postie caught dumping election pamphlets in a grandmother's wheelie bin. And if you think that sounds dodgy, wait until you hear about the hush money. What is that about? Press one in the chat if you can figure out what this story is about without me explaining it to you. Or press two in the chat if you think, what the fuck? (laughs) Tonight, the postie caught dumping election pamphlets in a grandmother's wheelie bin. And if you think that sounds dodgy, wait until you hear about the hush money. If you think that sounds dodgy, wait until you hear about the hush money. Do you guys guys know what dodgy means? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So you can imagine, years ago, it was very difficult for foreigners in this country to understand our little isms and our little... I remember we had an exchange student at my high school. She was from North Carolina, and she was constantly confused (laughs) with, like, the way that we talk to each other and stuff. She didn't get it. It was very confusing for people at the time. But like I said, with the internet now, I think people get us a bit more, which is a little sad, too, because it was kind of a cool thing that we had, us Aussies. No one knows what we're talking about and we don't give a fuck. That's that's the way we used to look at it. But now everyone kind of knows that we swear a lot <laughs> and what have you. And we're kind of we're kind of shit posting IRL all the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right? They figured us out thanks to the internet, which is sad to a degree. You shouldn't tamper with mail. No one's mail. Doesn't matter who's Don't mail. Don't fuck it with is. the mail, you mate. Australia Post to deliver the mail, not to dump it in a wheelie bin. That's right, in a we wheelie bin. Do you press one in the chat if you know what a wheelie bin is? What is a wheelie bin? Press one. I know what a wheelie bin is. Press two in the chat. What the fuck is a wheelie bin? Where are you on that spectrum? Again. I'm not sure what you're aware of, what you're not aware of. So it's difficult to just carry on through. Okay, it looks like we know what wheelie bins are. Okay, yes, all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're not all fucking retards. Because if 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 most of you had have said too, I don't know what a wheelie bin is. I would have said, well, you know, it's a bin with wheels, isn't it? It's a wheelie bin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. If you're saying too, I'm not saying that you are a retard. But if all of you were saying two, then I would say you were. <laughs> okay. Don't take it personally. All right. 
campaigns can get dirty, but have a look at this. Have a look at this. Right outside the home of Annette Weller, a postie stops at her wheelie bin and appears to be unloading a large amount of material, with CCTV cameras capturing the lid being opened multiple times. Uh-oh. Hey, uh-oh. After he drives off... Citizen Volga, is it a bin that does sick jumps? Yes. <laughs> Hey, is a wheelie bin a cool bin that does sick jumps? Yes, mate. It does sick jumps. <laughs> Annette went and checked the bin and found it was full. There was an activity. There was an activity, if you want a little bit of a story. There was an activity we knew at the time to be referred to as binning in the area that I grew up in. Binning. Binning was an activity. And what, and what binning was, was on bin night, you would find... Now, this, see here, this would be a perfect street for binning, okay? <laughs> yeah. This street would be prime fucking property for the activity of binning, which is what, you know, kids used to do back in the day. Now, what binning was, was to wait for a bin night, and you've got to find yourself one of these kinds of streets, nice and straight and smooth... And the fact that this street is going like at a nice downhill angle, um, it looks like about a 15 degree down, doesn't it? So you know how the camera can kind of fuck up uh, your perspective when it comes to angles and shit? But I'm going to say, like, just judging on the way that the kind of street, how thin it is at the top of the shot to compared to how wide it is, I'm going to say it's like a 15 degree angle downhill, which is pretty steep. And... This would be the perfect street for binning. Now, what you would do with the binning is, you would, on the night of the binning, you would drive, you know, one of you would be driving. There'd be four of you in the minimum four in the car at all times. has to be. It's, it doesn't work with two people because you've got to have someone in the front and back and both sides for this to work. Now, one of the things that you would do on bin night is you would drive past and you'd grab hold of the back of the bin and kind of flip it like so the wheels are on the ground and you would start dragging it from the passenger side of the car right <laughs> along the ground so you just take someone's bin off the thing make sure the wheels are on the ground and you drag it along the car hanging onto it and then you'd fucking let it rip and let it go and people had been known at the time to when the bin is being dragged alongside the car to jump on the bin and then ride the bin down the hill. <laughs> do, you, do you follow what I'm saying? <coughs> because you're, you're sliding at pretty high speed at that point. You might be doing like, say, 30Ks, 40Ks an hour or something, which is pretty quick if you're riding a bin. Uh, that's pretty scary. <laughs> and then you get yourself a nice long road like this and just ride the bin all the way down the hill, of course. Try not to break your neck if possible. But if you do, well, at least you went out doing the thing that you love. All right, let's carry on. I wonder if there'll be any binning in this clip at all. ...of postal vote applications sent out oh by dear. the Liberal oh National dear. Party. Well, that was all important mail for people that want to go in and do a postal vote, and they'll be waiting for them and they, they won't receive it because they were all dumped in my bin. 
Annette's security cameras not only captured the original act, but also the postie returning to her house where she confronts him about what she found. Now, this is getting good. This is getting really good. Okay, so what, in case you're not aware, she, the 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 vo- the postal votes that he was dumping in the bin, right, were for the Liberal Party here in Australia. But here in Australia, the Liberal Party is more like the Republicans, because Liberal here is taken in the classical Liberal sense. So the Liberal Party has conservatives, classical Liberals, libertarians. It's that kind of a grouping. The Labor Party is, you know, the union movement and like the college age Marxists. <laughs> so you got Labor versus Liberal. So the Liberal Party is the more kind of, you know, whether it be Christian, conservative, they're all kind of thrown in the same end. Christian, Catholic fucking conservatives are in there, hardcore, like hard right Catholic conservatives are in there, libertarians are in there, right? Like, they're all part of the Liberal Party. And on the other side, it's the union movement and the fucking, you know, the university-aged bold frame glasses types. That's pretty much how it works. But this video is fucking beautiful because the guy was throwing out. Now, he's a government employee, obviously, because he works for the post office. So he's got himself a government job. And he was throwing out the ballots for the you know, the Liberal Party, the other guys, the centre-right guys, as Jim is saying in the chat. And and look at this. Now, this is the warrior. This is a warrior of democracy right here, <laughs> this lady, okay? I'm going to give her the label warrior of democracy because not only did she... Okay, so she's got surveillance at her house. She's She likes to watch what's going on. And okay, fair enough. It's your house. Do what you want, man. You want to set a camera up that points out to the street? Okay, whatever. Every At this point, mate, everyone's got cameras everywhere anyway, so what's the fucking difference? At this point, there is none. So, okay, you got your camera out there. But she's a warrior of democracy because not only did she witness the dumping of the ballots, she approached him. She went out there and said, Oi, oi, fucking dickhead. I caught you on camera dumping all those fucking ballots, mate, you fucking dickhead. Now, she's fearless because he's her post guy. (laughs) He's her postman. So he can really make her life fucking miserable, you know, by losing her mail and stuff. But she, she doesn't care. She marches right out there. Oi! Oi, fuckhead! Get over here! <laughs> you know? <laughs> Get over here, you fucking idiot! What the hell was that? Well... They'll be waiting for them and they, they won't receive it because they were all dumped in my bin. Annette's security cameras not only captured the original act but also <laughs> the postie returning to her house where she confronts him about what she found. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm starting to get old, man. I don't know. But once upon a time, I would never... I would find that shit in my bin and go, oh. maybe I'd be angrier back back when I was younger. Now I'm kind of like, whatever. Just Can, can you just throw it in next door's bin instead? <laughs> I need my space. There's a lot of empty fucking, you know, alcohol beer cartons that need to go in there. You're taking up you're taking up the room from my Uber Eats and alcohol boxes. Fuck mate. Put it in next door's bin. He hates them. 
He hates that party. He'll be happy to take the ballots. Fuck him. Did you actually know what postal black things in there in our well, we got you on footy. Got you on camera, cunt. Oh, the, the postal worker dumping the postal ballots in the bin. On footy. You're on camera, mate. We got cameras everywhere. He then returns a second time. Oh. <laughs> now, see, this is the part where if you're the postal worker, this is the part where you try to talk your way out of it. <laughs> He's ridden off because the initial shock was too much to bear. He believes he has collected his thoughts and now he is returning to the scene of the crime in order to bargain with the jail warden. <laughs> Citizen Volker in the chat. Mad Max 4. <laughs> It's a mad, this is the Mad Max origin story. He was a motor. He was a postal worker who was riding a motorbike. He dumped, and little did he know he would soon become the the focal point of a geopolitical battle that would last until the apocalypse. He never knew. Oh. So he returns to the scene of the crime. This is where he's now going to try and bargain his way out of what clearly he knows and she knows to be true. That being, he dumped a whole bunch of postal votes into her garbage bin, into her wheelie bin. And Annette's patience is running thin. Yeah. What do you want? Sorry about that. There's your, there's your, there's your fucking thumbnail for the night, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. They're coming. What a what a great fucking what a great fucking moment, hey? In what a great moment in internet time we just witnessed there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Who's coming? Who's coming? <laughs> Who's they? Sorry about that. So the at first he said no I didn't dump the illegal ballots into the bin. <laughs> that was his first reaction. And then and then he rode off and then sometime later he returned. <laughs> he returned and he pulled up and she said what do you want? And he said sorry about that. Sorry about that. It was just an ac- I just accidentally illegally dumped the ballots into your bin. <laughs> To which she replied, no, that's all right. They're coming. (laughs) Lou Ferrigno has a very good point in the chat. Sir, she already told you about the cameras. (laughs) And yet, and yet, Lou, he arrives anyway. Why is he doing that? Wouldn't you think, wouldn't you think now would be the time to, especially, 
especially avoid the house that just told you that they're filming the street 24 hours a day. Maybe apply for a transfer. (laughs) Get the hell out of there, mate. No, no, he comes back, rides up on their driveway like he was invited. Look at him. Look at him. He just parked next to their car. I'd be like, mate, the letterbox is down there. Why are you here? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about Sorry about illegally dumping all those ballots in your bin. I hope you don't get blamed for it. It's like, you know what? That would be my attitude. I'd be like, man, I'm not even angry about you dumping the ballots. Like, you do you. It's not going to make a difference, but okay, go for it. But can't you dump them in your own bin? You know? Like, if you're going to be the righteous political activist, at least fucking own it, you pussy. Don't dump them in somebody else. Don't make it somebody else's problem, you know? Do what you want. Just don't make it someone else's problem. Is that not a good enough fucking philosophy? Can we not all just stick to that? Do what you want, but don't make someone else's problem. Dump the fucking ballots if you want. It's on you if you get caught, but don't fucking dump them on my... Don't dump them in my fucking lap. Dickhead. Because now you're creating a problem for me, and fuck you. I don't owe you anything. See ya. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Right? Why is that so much... Why is that too much to ask for? Sorry about that. (laughs) No, that's all right. They're coming. They're coming, sir. That's all right. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, ma'am. He then returns a second time, and Annette's patience is running thin. What do you want? Sorry about that. That's all right. They're coming. The senator's coming now to pick them up. The senator's coming now to pick them up. She called the senator. Guess what? It's about to become a media circus. Oh, yeah. Because it's election season, baby. So if the senator's coming out to look in an old lady's garbage bin, I guarantee you there's going to be cameras there. More cameras than the one that he's pointing out to the street. Sorry about that. That's when the exchange becomes even more concerning. Okay. Her cameras concerning. capturing him opening his wallet and offering her money. (laughs) Look at this political activist, guys. Huh? Look at this guy. What a fucking political soldier this guy is. Wow, he's doing this for the right reasons. You know why? He only dumped those fucking Liberal Party ballots because he cares about equality. Fuck it. That's why. He's just a good guy. (laughs) Look, sir, how much much are you, the postal worker, how much can you offer me? (laughs) Honestly, okay? Look, I'm not being cocky. I'm not trying to be cocky. But I'm just like, exactly, Citizen Volger in the chat, I got a tenner. <laughs> Look, here's ten bucks, all right? <laughs> Wait, is that all you think I'm worth? Is that all your job is worth? I would say to this guy. 
$10? You're going to try and buy your job for $10? Mate, come on. I'm expecting the bike. <laughs> I want you to hand over that bike to me right now. You can take the mail bags and I want you to deliver the mail carrying the bags on your shoulders like you were a fucking camel. You're going to walk your run today, but that bike belongs to me. <laughs> okay? And you're going to tell you're going to tell the police that it was stolen by a couple of young brown children, okay? And it wasn't me. Okay. 10 bucks isn't going to get the job done, I'm afraid. And look, the Senate, he's already been told the Senator's on the way. Does he think the Senator will be sold off by $10? Maybe. Maybe. Let's be honest here. Look, Senator, do you really have to make a big deal about these ballots being dumped in the garbage bin? What do you mean, Johnson? Well, sir, what if I were to put this $10 note on the table? Say no more. We've had an outbreak lately of old ladies claiming that garbage bins are being filled with ballots. We're going to arrest all these old cunts. Have you got another $10 on you, Johnson? Yes, I do, sir. Anybody who claims that electoral ballots are being dumped in garbage bins will be given 40 years hard labour in a death camp. It's called a death camp because it's named after its founder, Jason Death, and doesn't have anything to do with the concept of death. He did. He offered her a tenner. He offered her a tenner. Holy shit! Who's <laughs> who off? Who who originally said that? Who originally said that? Someone originally said in the chat it was $10. Who who put the $10 fucking... It was a tenner. I think it was Citizen Volga. I got a tenner. That's it. Citizen Volga. He actually offered a tenner. <laughs> I will give you $10. Look at that. <laughs> I will give you $10. Oh, mate. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's all right. They're coming. <laughs> and... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see what's it. Look, it's not fair. You're going to have to watch it. So, you know. <laughs> Go fuck off. <laughs> so he, he offers her $10. I will give you $10. She says, no, don't give me anything. Don't give me nothing, mate. Don't bribe me. He says, okay. He says, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she says, go fuck off. <laughs> uh, 
hey? Good on her. Hell yeah. Why don't you just go and fuck off? One may argue that she is giving the Heil Hitler sign there as she's saying, go fuck off. Exactly. Warrior of democracy indeed. I don't want your bribe, mate. I mean, it, it is a small miracle, is it not, that she wasn't bought off by the, you know, the allure of a fresh $10 note. <laughs> I'm amazed that the $10 note wasn't enough to get the job done, mate. But again... As a postal worker, how much can he really offer you? <laughs> You're on camera, mate. We've got cameras everywhere. You're on camera, mate. We've got cameras everywhere. He then returns a second time, and Annette's patience is running thin. Running thin. What do you want? Yeah, that's that. all right. They're coming. The senator's coming now to come up. That's when the exchange becomes even more concerning. Concerning. With cameras capturing him opening his wallet and offering her money. A tenner, a tenner. I'm ten dollars is barely worth reaching out for to grab in Sydney. In Sydney, ten dollars is fucking nothing. Sydney's such an expensive place to live, man. $10 is like, okay. If, if, look, I'll, I'll never say no to money, but if I have to work for the $10, it's like, well, I think I'll just let you keep it, man. <laughs> you know? No, don't give me nothing, mate. Don't bribe me. Go. Fuck off. Go. Fuck off. <laughs> nothing is wrong. Everything's working perfectly. There you go. Grab that. There's your screenshot for the night, ladies and gentlemen. Go fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> what did you think? Okay, when- I'm sorry. Did you hear that? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this this video just keeps giving and giving and giving. Holy shit! No, mate, don't give me anything. Don't bribe me. Go fuck off. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen to this. Mate, don't bribe me. Go fuck off. Hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh, she just fucking, she just grabbed his nuts, didn't she? And just squeezed. <laughs> I don't want your bribe, mate. Go fuck off. Okay, I'm sorry. Not Renee with the diamond. Thank you, not Renee, for the diamond. It's very generous of you. Okay, I'm sorry. Fuck. I'm sorry. Well, what did you think when he offered you that $10? I was disgusted. <laughs> yes, I love her. At least, look, you know what? I'll be honest here. At least make it a 50, okay? Citizen Vogue with a diamond. Go fuck off. <laughs> Go fuck off, mate. Look, at least I I would consider it for a 50. I'd be like, you know what? 50 bucks. All right. <laughs> what do you got? 50? It has to be one. I'm not taking two 20s and a 10. Okay. 50 bucks. All right. Dump your shit in my bin. But this once, 
just this once. If you want to do it again, it's going to be double. <laughs> that's that's the way I would approach it. $10? I would be fucking disgusted and insulted as well, sweetheart. Trust me, if someone... Oh, look, I've got $10. I've got $10. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? You've got $10. I've got $10. Who cares, mate? I don't... You know what I don't have? A 50. Give me a fucking 50, mate. I don't have one of them. <laughs> look, I've got $10. Yeah, I don't have another 90, right? Let's make that happen. <laughs> then we can talk. Fucking ten dollars, cheaps, cheap son of a bitch. Imagine trying to bribe somebody out of a crime with ten dollars. Fuck. What? What is he? What is, was he bribing? Like a five-year-old? <laughs> you know? You, do you know how much candy you can buy with ten dollars, mate? Wow. Wow, Mister. I'm gonna buy the biggest bag of jelly beans. It's gonna be so amazing. Enjoy, mate. Now, you promise not to tell mummy or daddy about me dumping ballots in the bin, do you? Yeah, yeah, I promise. Okay, go and eat some chocolate. Bye, mister. That's a good lesson for the kids out there. If a stranger offers you money in a supermarket, you should take it. Take it and go and buy yourself some chocolate. And if they offer you a ride home, definitely. I mean, who wants to walk? Totally disgusted. Disgusted. A bribe. A bribe? Annette opened one of the letters and discovered it was sent by Liberal National Party Senator Paul Scar, oh, who immediately came to see for himself. Oh, no. Her wheelie bin is full of letters, which I mar my office, from my office, marked through Australia Post. Look at this. <laughs> no. They're coming, mate. Get the fuck out of here. They're coming. There he is. The senator. So now the senator is now looking into the bin of the person. <laughs> this, this is what we do here in Australia. And you know what? I, I, love, I love being an Australian. I do. It's not perfect and no place is, but... There's probably no place I'd rather be. Des despite its imperfections, there's probably no place I'd rather be. And it's for things like this. I mean, you know, we've got the senator making... <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing controversial hit pieces about the post office guy who offered a $10 bribe to dump postal ballots in a bin. I mean, this is, this is who we are. <laughs> and there's something lovable and endearing about it, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Of letters, which I mark my office from my office. From my office, I mean my post. office. So it's from my office. I'm devastated. I'm disappointed. Ten dollars is all he offered. Disappointed. I think people have a right to expect better from Australia Post. Australia Post is an institution, and it raises a lot yeah, of questions a in lot my of questions. mind. How widespread is it? The senator has demanded a thorough investigation wow. by Australia Post, which yep. was contracted to deliver the postal vote applications yep. at a cost of $13,000. <laughs> and this guy's just helping himself. You know those trusty... Come rain, hail or shine. What's the oath they have to say in the States, the postal workers? No matter what the weather, we'll get there. We're, we're the true heroes out there slogging. And don't get me wrong, there are shitty days to be a postman. I don't. I totally understand. I've 
I worked outside for most of my working life and, you know, rain, hail or shine, same shit, man. I know what it's like. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, the hero worship perhaps goes a little, it oversteps a tad, I would think. That's a fair thing to say. So those trusty heroes out there, rain, hail or shine, you know, because the postal workers would never want to influence election, would they? Now let's go to an American for a comment. Comment. Postal workers would never try to interrupt or interfere with an election. Here's an American for a comment, sir. (laughs) I expect, as a customer of Australia Post, for Australia Post to deliver the mail. And I don't think that's too much to ask. Oh, it sounds like racism if you ask me, sir. The incident happened in the electorate of Blair, west of Brisbane, a marginal seat held by Labor's Shane Newman. The LNP candidate, Sam Biggins, claims a number of dirty tactics have been occurring throughout the electorate. We'd be getting up to close to 200... Is this this the candidate for the... (laughs) Look at this guy! So they've painted a swastika on his face, all right? Because this is what they'll do. This is what they do. Have a look at this, though. What a matchup. So it's... <laughs> all right. Now, I'm going to ask you, who do you, who who are you going to vote for? Are you going to... Are you going to vote for... Okay, let's call him Simon Slippery Hands. Let's call him Simon Slippery Fish here. Simon Slippery Fish versus Chad Chaddington. Who are you going with? Press, press one in the chat if you're voting for Simon Slippery Fish. Press two in the chat if you're voting for Chad Chaddington. Who's it going to be? One or two? Simon Slippery Fish. Chad Chaddington. He kind of looks like he doesn't know whether or not the interviewer is a good enough person. Like, he kind of looks like he's looking at the interviewer like, hey, are you a cocksucker or? <laughs> Doesn't he? He looks, he's giving that Chad vibe. He's looking at the interviewer like, you a faggot, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? Look at him. Look at him. He's doing the thing. Let's see where this goes. I've got to piss again. I've got to visit the little boys' room. Should I just go, you know what? I'm going to visit the little boys' room. We're going to come back. I'm going to keep you on the edge. I'll go for like another half hour or so, but I've really got to take a piss. So hang tight, sit tight. We'll be back. Oh, fuck. In the limo, you son of a bitch. No argument. Hey, hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? You never know who's going to stop by when you're watching, winning TV. All the people that you've gotten to know. The new faces you see. You got Phil, he's the man in charge. You know he's running the show. He's got all the news of the day and all the gossip to unload. So settle in, cause we're going through. The next couple hours, it's just us and you. Y'all gonna love everything you see right here on Winning TV. You never know who's gonna drop in when you're watching Winning TV. 
Come on. Hey, 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 get over here. Okay, now you're you, I'm me. I'm me? Hey, don't jerk me around, fella. It's Greeno here from the starting block. On behalf of the block, we just wanted to let you all know that we're all in this together. Well, except if you have coronavirus, then stay the fuck away. But in every other situation, we're in it together. To all of you on the front lines, those of you turning a footstool, a walk, and a pitchfork into a home gym, those of you who have given your housemates a mental breakdown because you decided lockdown was a great time to learn the keyboard, and the only thing you can play after eight weeks is chopsticks over and over and over again. And those of you who are homeschooling and are now understanding the question you used to harass your maths teacher with of, when the fuck are we ever going to need to know this in the real world, is coming back to bite you on the ass. Just remember, like a 1990s Australian sitcom, we're all in this together. The days may be long, but in times like this, you can rest assured, we will be here to waste an hour of your week, Friday nights Australian time, at dlive.tv slash the starting block. So take care, social distance, whack on a mask, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. It may not cure coronavirus, but it sure will help us with our rankings. And isn't that really the most important thing right now? Yeah, we're not gonna fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Well, folks, I have to tell you, I just saw the craziest moving picture clip you've ever seen. Where, you ask? Well, it's the Victor Show. He plays the wildest moving picture clips. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little more about it. Stuff to make you laugh out loud. Something for the political crowd. Put it all together and you got the Victor Show. So next time that you're in town, why not make Mr. Von Shroom proud? Come on down and watch the Victor Show today. If you want to listen to a show that wastes 60 minutes of your time talking about something that you probably could cover in the space of about 30, 35 seconds, then sure, why not? Check out the Daily Boogie. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right Sometimes this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. Coming back one more time. <laughs> one more time. And then we're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, oh man, you don't know. You don't know. I just sat down like 20 seconds ago. I was pissing that whole time. Minutes. That's how bad that one was. Let's get back to it. Okay, so what, what, what were their names again? Slippery. Slippery Simon here. And Chad Chaddington. <laughs> Okay, so I think most most people in the chat were said they would vote for Chad Chaddington over Slippery Simon. So let's see what Chad Chaddington, uh, who's obviously an Nazi because somebody drew a schwa sticker on his forehead, therefore it must be true. Uh, let's have a look. His name's even Biggins. 
Sam Biggins. Biggin. Hey, big, hey Biggin. Trish. We'd be getting up to close to 200 signs being destroyed now. Um, we found scenarios where we've put them out. 24 hours later, they're destroyed. I want to hear... I want to hear from Slippery Simon. <laughs> what does what does the slippery slippery little sucker have to say about this? Twenty four hours later, they're destroyed. There's no evidence to suggest any particular party is involved in defacing LNP signs or the dumping of those election materials. Uh. It's unclear how many other postal vote applications have gone missing from the LNP or other parties. Senator Scar believes a broader investigation is required oh, no. given the possible ramifications on the election. Investigators from Australia Post visited Annette's Red Bank Plains property today. She's sympathetic to the situation the postman is now in, but believes he should have found a better solution than dumping mail. Well, if it was busy, and I realise that they're busy at the moment with all these voting papers and stuff, he could have rung and asked for help. God love her. Hey, God love her. Because she she still she still holds out hope that he might have just done it because he was too busy that day. <laughs> well, I mean, if he was busy, he could have just asked for help. <laughs> no, ma'am, he was doing it he was doing it because he he believes that he's being a righteous political activist. And his righteousness and his morality compass is brought off for the sum of $10 Australian, which is like a quarter to the Americans. About $10 Australian <laughs> was enough to buy off his conscience. Yeah, good luck to her. Senator Scar is thankful this grandmother of seven stood up for what is right. And that's a hero. She's a hero. She's, she's a hero. She's seen something that's been done wrong. Yes. And she's called it out. Yeah. And she's brought it to our attention. She has. Of all the bins to be dumping election material in, he was a bit unlucky to run he into you. He was very unlucky and he did pick the wrong person. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, tell you what, what else have we got here? Oh, this is a nice one you might appreciate. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Novak Djokovic, ladies and gentlemen? Remember Novak Djokovic, the world number one tennis player, who was forbidden from playing in the Australian Open tennis tournament because he is unvaccinated. Remember the whole saga, and we we deported him. We kicked him out of the country for being unvaccinated. <laughs> so apparently, he's now allowed to believe it or not. He's allowed to defend his crown at Wimbledon because it seems, you know, Wimbledon obviously being in the United Kingdom, it seems Boris Johnson and the government over there aren't so concerned with safety as we are. <laughs> so we're more safe than the Britbongs now. The Britbongs are like, you know what? He's not vaccinated, but that's okay. Let him in. He can play tennis. That's fine. Whereas the Australians are like, we've got to kick him out of the country, make an example out of him. <laughs> Unvaxxed, fuck off. So let's see what's going on here. Well, number one, Novak Djokovic has been cleared to play at Wimbledon, giving him the chance to defend his title. Live to 7 News Europe Bureau Chief Hugh Whitfeld in London. Hugh, that is very good news for the defending champ. 
Well, Barrett said it means that there'll be none of the chaos that surrounded the Serbian stalled Australian no Open chaos. campaign earlier. No chaos whatsoever, Barrett. I mean, I'm telling you. There'll be nothing but smooth sailing from here on out. This year, both the French Open and Wimbledon now say that there will be no requirement for players to be vaccinated against COVID for them to... Take wow, good, good good news for all the people that were, though. I mean, obviously. Right. <laughs> 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 Well, at least everyone was kept safe, right? Right? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? At least everyone was kept safe from the virus, yeah? That's what we were doing, wasn't it? Well, we were doing a bunch of things. We were doing stuff, you know, they were doing stuff, we were doing stuff. I mean, everyone was doing things. I wouldn't necessarily say that it wasn't keeping you safe. I mean, you know. Take part in the Grand Slams, and that goes for spectators as well. Organisers say they're expecting a normal tournament, at least in terms of COVID, clearing the way for Novak Djokovic to play. The requirements set out by government to enter the UK do not include mandatory vaccination, oh. and therefore... Whilst, of course, it is encouraged, it will not be a condition of entry to compete at the championships. I mean, let's hope that they change the rules, though. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you prefer that he was vaccinated, though? <laughs> people in the chat are suggesting that Novak Djokovic may not even have to play very well. Other people will just die playing against him. <laughs> Massive heart failures throughout the field. Novak Djokovic was able to progress to the third round of Wimbledon today after yet another opponent collapsed in front of him. <laughs> Every single game he plays, the other person just dies. We don't know what's going on. Have they all been triple vaxxed? Yes, they have. Well, we can't explain this then. They should be extra safe. They should be the safest ones out there. Why are they why do they keep dying? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't mean it like that. I'm not laughing at you, I'm just the situation is funny to me. It's a funny situation. It's a tragic clown, you know. Whatever. Whatever that is. Pagliacci. It's a Pagliacci situation. This year. Normal in terms of COVID, but not in terms of allowing Russian and Belarusian players. Uh, okay, so at least they're getting their ban fix. <laughs> Look, at least they're allowed to ban somebody. Right. Look, we're not going to ban Novak Djokovic, but we are going to ban the Belarusians and the Russians. The reason being, if we don't have any Belarusians and Russians, we've got far fewer players, so we better have the best one. <laughs> To take part in the championships, the All England Club, it says it had no choice but to ban players from the two countries Good. following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Up. OK, that's fair. I, I'm glad you're taking it out. I'm glad you're taking it out on the 19-year-old Russian tennis player. <laughs> hey? Sure. 
surely banning the you know the teenage girl from competing at Wimbledon because she happens to be born in Russia. Surely that's the right thing to do, right, guys? <laughs> Good for you. Wow, you're taking such a democratic, you know, a democratic justice-based stance. You know, never never take moral lessons from these people. Never, ever. They, they, they'll just casually throw around, yeah, of course we're banning the athletes. Like, again, what does a 19-year-old... What has a 19-year-old fucking Russian tennis player done to anyone? <laughs> oh, you're banning them. Oh, okay, because of Putin? Oh, okay, that's good. You're, you're the good guys. Yeah, good for you. It's silly. I don't like, I don't like those kinds of things. I think they're dumb. The athlete probably wants to be as far away from Russian politics as they possibly can and tennis is their outlet and now you're stopping them from doing it. Forcing them to stay in Russia. Good for you. You're you're real fucking empathetic and smart and wise (laughs) and you're really standing up for the oppressed, you fucking morons. I mean, if Russia is so bad, wouldn't you want to help the people from Russia? (laughs) No, of course not. It's so awful that we have to condemn their innocent citizens too. Oh, okay. And you, trust you're the good guys, right? Yes, we are. Good. That's good. We needed to iron that out. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know you're the good guys. After guidance from the UK government, it means uh, men's number two, Daniel Medvedev, is among the players who won't be able to take part. Organisers saying their participation or success at Wimbledon could have been used as part of the Kremlin's propaganda machine. It is the first time that such a bad... <laughs> Do you believe that? If... Oh. So we... Listen to this. We banned the Russian tennis players because if they win, it could be used by Vladimir Putin for propaganda. That's why we banned them from entering the competition. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? If if you thought free speech on Twitter was the issue, guess again. There's Exhibit A. We are literally banning athletes from who have broken no... The athletes have committed no crime and broken no law and not done anything wrong. They have they are openly admitting that the athletes themselves have not done anything wrong. No, no, no. But the athletes are being banned because should they win, it might be used by a political opponent as a positive. And we and we can't allow that to happen. That's how driven they are by their own political self-righteous crusades. We're just banning it. We're banning people. No, no, you can't come in. Why not? Because if you do well, your your fucking leader, who we don't like, may use it politically, and we can't allow that to happen. So, so sorry, we can't let you in. And that's just okay. They celebrate these decisions. Celebrate them. Lou Ferrigno with a very good point in the chat. The whole point of the Olympics was to prevent these kinds of breakdowns in diplomacy, 100%. So 
don't ever live don't ever let these self-righteous fucks moralize you. Look out look how disgustingly sick their moral compass is askew. Look at that. They just openly they'll openly ban innocent people from participating in a sporting event. Regard they don't care that they haven't broken any law purely to prevent the possibility of someone they don't like politically creating some hacky victory camp political campaign around it. That's how that's how fucking savage and relentless they are. They don't care how many innocent people are in their wake. They will step over all of them. But the thing that really grates the most is that they pretend they're the good guys while they're fucking doing it. That's the thing that winds us up. That's the thing that gets us. It's that you think that you're the good guys when you're doing it. But you're not the good guys. You're not. Ban has been put in place since the years following World War II when Japanese and German players were excluded. Barrett's always... <laughs> That's how good the law is. Oh, oh, so we're going back to the for- the fucking 1930s again, are we? Wow. What a what a surprise. <laughs> how do you like that? All right. Uh, let's have a look uh this is apparently somebody filming somebody because they're not wearing a mask. Yes, apparently these people still exist, believe it or not. Let's have a look. It's starting. Oh, I was wrong. No, no, no. Okay. So the masked the masked person if you're listening to the podcast, is uh, holding a is holding mace, <laughs> is holding the content spray, <laughs> right? Uh, this person is holding like a little fucking mace sprayer in the face of someone who is unmasked. Okay, so when we're now we're now macing the people who don't wear masks. In- <laughs> Because it wasn't enough to report them to the authorities, was it? It wasn't enough to get them kicked off the plane, was it? It wasn't enough to get them fired, was it? It wasn't enough to get them to stop talking to their family members, was it? It wasn't enough to have them isolated from their family and taken out of their homes, was it? No, no, it wasn't good enough. Any of those things weren't good enough. It's not good enough until we can inflict real physical pain. (laughs) Well, I'm happy about this development because I want to see real physical uh, pain inflicted on those who don't follow the rules. So let's have a look here. Landed free and home to brave. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, a little pushy pushy. Look, I'm going to be honest here. He kind of pushed like a girl. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that girls, you know, will push like that. Guys don't really push like that. Guys like to uh, guys often like to push with their chest, not their arms, which is really stupid. 
Because, you know, you want them at like an arm's length so you can jab, jab, hook, you know. No, no, some guys will walk right up to you and push you with their chest. And it's like, do you want me to knee you in the dick or what are you doing this for? Because we can do that if you want. Knee in the dick, then knee in the nose, bang, you're down. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Stop. Oh, my goodness. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. The employee is saying, you don't have to do this. (laughs) And it's like, how many times have we spoken about this, man? Some of these people, they were always going to be ruined for life. Once we went down this path, this constant path of just... Once we started deputizing people to be mask enforcers for the rest of us, that's when we started down the path that some people are never going to get over the mask mandate. Some people are never going to stop wearing them. Some people are going to walk around with mace in their pocket in case an unmasked person who works at who's just doing their job at some shitty retail store just happens to stand too close to them. Streamlabs no worky. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Thanks anyway for trying. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. So yeah. Anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Thank you for joining us. Been a hoot. I'll be back next week with another stream. Hey, don't forget to follow some of our friends. Coming up, I think you've got everyone's favourite lover of French pushy. Pushy, pushy. <laughs> everyone's favourite lover of French pussy, Mersh, is coming up at 10. So check him out. Say hello. Don't tell him I sent you. <laughs> but just say hello. He'll figure it out. <laughs> So you got him. Who have you got? Uh, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom over the weekend. Uh, Sunday Night Shit Show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget Winning TV, The Victor Show, Rusty, Iceman. Check out the Kimmy Show. Don't forget the Kimmy Show. At Real Person PLTCS. You know, just follow all of our friends. You know who they are. Major Tom, JJ, Daywave, Citizen Volga with the Diamond. Thanks, cunt. Thanks you too, cunt. Thank you, Khan. Irrational Times. Uh, follow Rusty as well. Rusty does some streams. Check him out. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Till next week, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.